0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: To com's radio show, the Drop Drexel and Fouls show this week, only with Drop and Fouls. The Pietujo show this week. And the last song, TROUBLE by Travis Tritt from the 90s. And uh, the reason I played that is uh, we have some TROUBLE for some certain players in the poker community accused of something very serious, uploading Trojan Horse programs through Instant Messenger, to cheat in very high-limit, in fact, nosebleed games, going back as far as six years. But uh, this isn't a six-year-old story, it's a story that dates back six years, but is very relevant today. I'll explain that whole thing. It involves some names you've probably heard of, both online and live. Uh, And recently. Yes, I was about to welcome my co-host here, (laughs) uh, Vowels, who is my only co-host tonight. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But before I do, since we're only 18 minutes away from it, since we started as usual, and uh, <laughs> since we had our baby in the background, he actually ran by and said, Hi, Dad. I don't know if you heard that. but uh, I heard a,
2: a small something, but I wasn't sure. Okay. No, aware. he actually
1: said, Hi, Dad, as he ran by. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, here's what's uh, going on this week on this site regarding our free roll. We have another free roll, another $50 free roll, and it's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room through <laughs> PokerFraudAlert.com. You need to have an account registered on PokerFraudAlert.com as of May 21st if you want to qualify for the free money, or send me a PM or an email to Dandruff at PokerFraudAlert.com and convince me that you've either been a long-time lurker here or on the last site I was involved with where I did a radio show. Tell me the stuff you liked about the site and the show, and if you convince me, I will make an exception for you and allow you to qualify for this and all future free rolls during radio, if you don't do that and you don't do it before you play, then I'm not going to let you get any of the free money. And the free money is actually real free money. I'll send it to you by PayPal, by check, cash, whatever. I'll send it to you. You'll drop whatever way it off you want. at their house. I might even do that. <laughs> so uh, this we have this most weeks here, and fifty dollars is our usual free roll. Sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower, but uh, usually it's around fifty bucks. Sometimes it's over a hundred. This week, $50 thanks to user C-Money. He's provided a lot of the money for the free roll. Very nice and generous guy, and I've met him in person uh, a few times in Vegas, and he's a great guy. You know, even if he's said some outrageous things on the forum, he he just does it for fun. But he's actually a really good guy, and and part of him being a good guy is appreciating this site and, uh, you know, the work that goes into it. And the work that goes into these radio shows. And uh, since he's been a a very successful guy in his lifetime, uh, he donates. He donates money that uh, he's worked hard to make to these free rolls. So thank you, C-Money. Another $50 from him. Very generous. Uh, very, very generous guy. He's donated here. He's donated to the previous site I've been part of, and I uh, really appreciate that. So, uh, I think
2: he's more than made up for whatever he ha- had done in the past. In yeah, a,
1: well, he's really only done one thing. It was to never hebe, and uh, I think that's all been forgiven anyway. And it was a long time ago. You know When I met C-Money in Vegas... Uh, one of the things he said to me was that he's grown up a lot since he first appeared on the forums in I think 2005. He said, you know, it's been a long time. He was a uh, kind of a kid then, and uh, since then he's grown up and he doesn't do those type of things anymore. So and I can really
2: tell the difference. So uh, we're we're so happy to have him as a, a member of our uh, fan base and audience, and um, one of our, I guess you could say he's a sponsor of our free rolls yeah, to some extent. Yeah,
1: he pretty much has been. Like uh, you know, personally. I'm not getting any of the money, but I, I'd i much rather have this money go towards free rolls for the site where it gives back to the users than just giving it to me. And I'm not just Absolutely. saying that. Like I, I, like, I like <laughs> well, Unless
2: the, it was a lot more money. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. If it's going to be like a $100,000, it would rather go to me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. But, uh, yeah, thank you to see Money. It's no limit hold'em. Usual tournament starts at 740, which is 14 minutes from now. And the reason I'm mentioning this right now to start is because there's no late registration. And that's not by choice, but that's the way the software works. I cannot set it for late registration. So you have to be there and register before 740 or otherwise you're not going to play and you'll have to wait till next week. Where we will have at least another $50 free roll next week because I already have money pledged from other users. So thank you to them, including Willie McFML, Weissman, uh, Rollo Tomasi. And uh, so let me get to the, the Brandon thing. Because uh, a lot of people are wondering about that, or even people who yeah, read my my explanation on the, the on the forum. So let me let me quickly touch on the Brandon thing. And there's not a lot of people are assuming this is a lot worse than it is, and that I'm just covering up or, or tr- trying to downplay it. And I'm not. And I'm telling you guys honestly, I'm not going to make up stories and claim that Brandon just can't make it because of uh, obligations or whatever. It's true that he would have missed tonight's show anyway, most likely because he has family in town. And next week he will be traveling, and may or may not make it. And this would have been the case no matter what. But I will say at the same time, he has had some issues here. Not with this radio show. He loves this show, and he loves doing the show. And he's told me that. He, he really loves doing radio. That's always been his favorite thing about these forums. And in fact, when he approached me in February about doing a show with me, he said, I don't even care if I'm part of the forum. I just want to do a show with you. I, I like doing a show with you, is what Brandon told me in February, and he still feels that way, and I like doing a show with him, I like having him as part of the show, but, uh, you know, some stuff that's gone on in the forums recently, and I'm not going to rehash all that, but some stuff in the last month has made him unhappy, and since Brandon's not making money doing this, you know, none of us are, I, I have not been making money on this site, I haven't really been trying, um, since I haven't been making money, I haven't been paying any of the co-hosts, since uh, I'm not paying myself. So, he's not doing it for the money, nor is anybody here. So, the only thing he's doing it for is because he enjoys it and it's fun. So, he said for the last month, basically, the site hasn't been fun. Not because of radio, but because of the forum. So...
2: But Jeff, do you think that um, he needs to be a little bit less sensitive? I, I've heard a lot of people echo that sentiment, and we kind of know just, you know, where we've been and where we are, and judging by who our user base is, there's, there's a lot of rough talk on these forums, and it's fairly constant.
1: Well, uh, yes, that part's true, but, you know, it's up to everybody of at what point the forum's not fun for them, and and some people... Uh, You know, when a lot of crap's talked about them, it just rolls right off their back and they don't care. Some are in the middle, some care more. But at whatever point, it stops being fun. At whatever point, your personal preference is, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Uh, That's that's up to everybody individually. And I'll tell you, when I had all the trouble on on the previous site I was part of, and, and fighting with the other owners there, and, and, and people trolling me, trying to make it worse—that was no fun. And right. when that was all over, not only did I leave that forum, I said, "I don't want to be part of any forum. I'm going to take probably about six months off, and I'll see around then if I want to put up my own forum. I might, I might not. I might just say this turned me off to forums forever." And yeah, I tr- totally
2: get that. I've yeah. been there before. Yeah,
1: I know you have too. And you know, mm-hmm. so so he's just not feeling like it's fun at the moment, and um. But but I had a good talk with him today, and I've changed some of the rules on the forum, not because of Brandon, but because I've seen some things happen on the forum that are putting it in a direction I don't want to see it going, and some of those are because I was away and couldn't control it. But I, I put some more some new rules in place that I think will uh, make it a better place for everybody, except for maybe the trolls. And uh, you know I had a good talk with Brandon today, and I think we're on the same page, and I think he will probably return to radio either next week... two weeks from now, this is not a promise, we didn't have any hard agreements, and and he wasn't, no no contracts, and he wasn't, he wasn't holding out for anything, it was just, you know, he was just telling me, hey, it hasn't been fun for me for the last month, and, uh, you know, besides, I've got other things that I had to do this week and next week on on Tuesday, so I said, okay, you know, I understand, and he will, uh, but we had a good talk, and he'll probably be back um, within the next two weeks, and I, I hope he is. And, you know, if he doesn't come back, we'll move on. The show's not going to end, and I'll, I'll do it with vowels, and maybe we'll even look for a third co-host. But I really hope it doesn't come to that. I really hope we can go back to the Druff, Drexel, and Vowels show. And it's still called that because he's still part of the show, even though he's not here today, and he may not be here next week. But uh, if I had to bet money, I'd say there's a very good chance he'll be here in two weeks and and beyond that. So well, that's good news. So that's, that's the situation at the moment. Um, let me tell you guys what we're going to talk about tonight. Because some big things happening this week in the world of poker, especially online poker, seems like always a new scandal every week. And I guess that's good for this show on a site called Poker Fraud Alert. But I kind of wish that there just wasn't this stuff to talk about and the poker world was cleaning itself up. But it just seems like it's never ending. And it seems like that uh, not only do we have new scandals, but we have scandals that reach back many years that were both old and new, that are still going on today, but were also going on years ago and no one knew about it, or at least no one was aware of it, or most people weren't aware. So here's some things we're going to talk about. The biggest story, and you can read about it in the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum on the site. Uh, I did a big analysis of the whole thing there, but I'm going to talk about it on the show. The biggest story this week is about... Once again, a guy who's been in the news a lot recently in poker, Matt Marifiatia, also known as Adzizzi or ADZ. But this time it's not about girls' hairy assholes or any kind of sexual stuff or slamming of ex-girlfriends or juvenile stuff like that. Because before, most of the controversy surrounding him, though he did have some personal disputes with people over money, most of the controversy surrounding this guy had to do with his ex-girlfriend, Lauren Kling, and kind of like a, a high school-like vendetta he had against Lauren, which, you know, the things he was accusing her of may or may not have been true, and I still can't decide. But whatever, he he brought it all out in public in Twitter, and... Well,
2: if he got back together with her afterward, her asshole couldn't have been that hairy.
1: Yeah, that, exactly. I think, I think he was probably exaggerating about that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he... He got so much attention from what he was doing, it actually trumped the million-dollar one-drop event as far as the attention it was getting in the poker world. It, was really, it really got people reading and, and got his name out there. Anyway, this is much more serious. This is, there's no joking about this one. He is accused of conspiring with a Swedish guy named Samer Rahman, S-A-M-E-R-R-A-H-M-A-N, First name Samer, last name Raman. Conspiring to upload Trojans, and Trojans are kind of like a virus. It's it's a a program in your computer that uh, runs and does something you don't want your computer to do. In this case, the Trojans were broadcasting, or allegedly, there's no proof of this, but pretty strong evidence, I should say. The Trojans are accused of sending screenshots that they were playing heads up with so they could see their whole cards, pretty much almost like being a super user, except instead of doing it at the level of the software of the poker site, like the cheaters on UB were doing in AP, these were individual users who were tricking their opponents into running software that allows the opponents to see their whole cards. So, I'm not talking about games of 1-2 hold'em, 2-4 hold'em, I'm talking about nosebleed games. 150-300 no limit that type of stuff, heads-up, where hundreds of thousands of dollars and even sometimes more than a million dollars can change hands over the course of a deep-stacked heads-up match. This goes back all the way to 2006. Now, Matt Marifiati is not accused of doing this back to 2006, but he's c- accused of conspiring with who is considered to be the main suspect in this summer ramen, a Swedish guy. He's accused of conspiring with him to do this in the present. And this goes all the way back to 2006 when an, a friend, someone who's known to be a friend of Samur Rahman, Mohamed Kawasari who is uh, also known as Fast Freddy or the Terror of Sweden, uh, that guy was said to have cheated Patrick Antonius and Johnny Laden out of more than a million dollars. So uh, I'll talk about that whole thing.
2: But not with the Trojan.
1: Also with the Trojan, yeah, the same way. Also one. with
2: the Trojan, yes. so these guys are computer geeks? Or well, Sa- ge-
1: Samar Rahman is. So this guy is an IT expert. He works in the IT okay. field, so this guy definitely is a computer geek. I don't know about this Mohammed Khosari, but he could, all you need is to get the Trojan from someone who knows what they're doing with it and have that person show right. you what to do, and it's very simple. And I'll explain the process and how, and how easy it is to trick people. Into doing this. Well,
2: don't don't tell our listeners how to do it. <laughs>
1: well, I, unfortunately, I have to in order to have them not be vulnerable to it happening. So it's okay. it's, it's nothing. So
2: we can protect ourselves,
1: right? You you have to understand how it works to not Although let, none let of us it happen.
2: Probably have play in big stakes games that you know will never be a target for this, but that's probably it's, it's true. Good information.
1: Uh, you know, it's kind of like I hate to compare it to this, but the stuff that happened on September 11th could never happen again because if terrorists in a plane go to the pilot and say, hey, get out of the cockpit or I'm going to shoot you, no one would ever leave the cockpit. The, the pilot would say, I'm not leaving, you can try to shoot me. And it would fight him. Because everyone knows what will happen at that point now. So uh, that could never work again. See, that's the type of thing that could only work once. Well, similarly here, if you know what these people are doing on AIM to get you to accept these Trojans, even if I explain exactly what they're doing, uh, it's not going to help anyone... At least, it's not going to help anyone who's doing it to someone someone else, because um, once the victims know the process this is done, then it can't happen to them. But I'll explain it later. Another scandal. This one, nothing to do with the first scandal, but 888.com, which does not take Americans. It used to be known as Pacific Poker many years ago. Big site. And I think there's a lot of skins into it, but not a U.S.-facing site, but still... A lot of people play on there who are not from the US. They are accused of unfairly freezing and closing player accounts with bogus cheating accusations, where people who have not cheated, not done a damn thing wrong, are accused of ridiculous things. And 888 either refuses to explain to them what they've done or gives very vague explanations and then just takes people's money. How convenient. Yeah, and this has now happened twice. In a short period of time, one has been resolved, one has not, and has been dragging on since April, and that victim contacted me personally while I was away on my trip and asked me to look into it and talk about it on this show. Uh, I tried to get him on the show, but I've had a hard time reaching him ever since he first contacted me, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Uh, This is an interesting story. The U.S. Department of Justice is taking applications to hire someone to manage the full-tilt refunds. Anyone can apply. In fact, I'm going to. So I might be the one, not a good chance of it, but I might be the one doling out your full, full refunds. You refunds. Know, how much would that piss off some people who, like, hate me <laughs> if I have to give them the money, if I have to determine what they get?
2: I'm sure you would decide fairly.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Lock Poker back in the news, and Cake Poker, for having cash-out problems. Lock Poker always seems to have some sort of problem. Now, admittedly, Cake Poker has much worse cash-out problems, but Lock... They're uh, not doing very well in the cash out front either. I'll explain that. Isildur, Victor Blom, leaves Team Poker Stars, but I think there's more to it than it appears on the surface. I will explain that. Uh, provided he calls in, we will have the $10 What Does Ken Scaler Think contest. This is a contest where two people call in when Ken Scaler's on the, on the phone. And I mute Ken Scaler where he can't hear anything. And I read a question, and you guys have to each guess what he's going to say in response to five different questions and the person who comes closest three or more times will win the ten dollars every time we will have one winner and one loser in that game last week Weissman won it and he generally sure,
2: any chance we'll get better sound quality this week
1: uh, was this, oh from him yeah I think so I don't think he's going to call from that same cell phone or same pay <laughs> phone or whatever right? I think, okay. I think well, he's going to call from uh, a quality pay phone that's my guess but you never know with him <laughs> Um another quick update regarding the Templar scamming situation and a little advice I'll give people on how to maybe get some of the money back that he scammed from you without my help. I'll tell you that because we have one guy on the site who managed to get twenty-five dollars back through a procedure I will tell you about on the show. Yes, we will have a We will have the owner or the owner. We will have the Ask Vowels segment, as always. And uh, whatever else comes up, and uh, that'll be the show tonight, uh, unless people want to give us a call. And by the way, I see on the chat room, in the chat room, someone saying, if I win the Radiomint, I'm shipping it to Scalar for a prepaid phone. You know what? No, it's not a bad idea. It's not, but I've offered this to Ken. He would
2: probably use it up on everyone but us,
1: That's one problem, but I have offered him one anyway, and he doesn't want it. It's really strange. You think, why would someone like Ken Scaler who has no phone, not want one for free? And he says he likes being able to call people at his convenience and have people not call him. He likes to be so much in control of his own life and own destiny that he likes that people can't reach him and there's no way for them to. That he calls them. So that's why he doesn't want a phone, because he's afraid once he has a phone, then people have the expectation that they can reach him. So well, it, he
2: just doesn't give the number out, and let's say you're the only one with the number.
1: I think that applies to me, too. I think he doesn't want me reaching him all the time, either. So, <laughs> I think he really just enjoys being able to be completely out of touch when he feels like it. So, anyway, uh, I have offered well, it he's to He's
2: accomplished it. that quite well. Yeah,
1: I mean, I've, I've, account- I've, I've offered it to him to buy him a phone. Yeah. But, anyway, so that's what we're doing tonight. Um, someone just asked in the chat, how much k- does Ken spend per month at payphones? And that's the funny thing. I think he spends more... Per month on payphones, than he would if he bought like a Boost Mobile phone with unlimited uh, calls for forty bucks a month. I, I'm pretty sure he spends like you know two bucks a day or something on payphones. So, but I, I guess he has his payphone budget and uh, he he squeezes it in and somehow uh, pays rent and doesn't get evicted. Um, oh, you know, I I actually have something I, I want to we're going to do here. And this you know this tonight's called Poker Fraud Alert, but. I sometimes like venturing out and going after other forms of fraud. And poor Ken Scaler was a fraud victim recently. And uh, basically, I'll tell this story when he's on the air too, but I'll I'll give a quick rundown here. Ken Scaler went to a a club that is dedicated to uh, women who are rather large and in charge. It's one of those fat girl clubs. Where, they where, have those? Yes, yes. And the, uh, the, they have fat girl clubs. And when I say fat girl clubs, I don't mean girls who are two hundred pounds. I mean there's some of those there too. But most of the women at these clubs, and I've never been to it, but Ken has and he's described it to me. Most of these women at these clubs are like three hundred or more. So these are really, really big women, not women who are just somewhat overweight. The one, the ones Is who are there,
2: like, like an issue with lap dances? I'm just <laughs> curious. <to laughs>
3: well, yeah, it's, it, it's
1: actually a, a nightclub. It's not like a strip club. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you get
2: to, you get to. Dance with them, ask for their phone
1: numbers. Yeah, I mean, just like a regular club, except all the okay. women are fat, and like the ones who are 200 pounds are the skinny ones. I'm not even kidding. So, wow. So uh, Ken goes to those. Not that he's a chubby chaser, he, he would prefer not to be with obese women, but these women, as you'd expect, have much lower standards and are much easier. So he, he goes.
2: <laughs> so go- when he's desperate to get laid, this is where he goes. Right,
1: right. So he went to one of these, and he, he met a girl. I think she was, you know, 29 years old or something. Uh, again, you know, very fat. And, uh, but
2: did she have a good personality?
1: Well, apparently not. So this is what happened. He he took her out to dinner, which is probably already a mistake unless he's very rich. And. Oh
2: no, I, I don't know if that's true. No,
1: I'm I'm just kidding here. But he <laughs> took he took her I out to dinner. Probably
2: eat a normal sized meal.
1: And he took her at he took her to uh, some expensive restaurant, and they couldn't get in, and they were about to just give up on it. They're like, okay, forget it. It's busy. We're going to leave. Suddenly, these two guys show up who appear to be gay, and one oh. of them recognizes this girl Kens with, and says they, you know he knew her from high school. And this is like you know like eleven years after high school for them, and these guys claimed that they could get them a table because they they knew the owner or something. So they got them all in. Wasn't clear if they really talked to the owner or what they did, but they got them all in. They all sat together. And these guys ordered drink after drink after drink after drink. I mean, they just ordered so many drinks, ran up a gigantic bill. Oh, no. um, We're even doing very sweet things like feeding each other dessert. That's when when I asked when I asked Ken are you sure they were gay? He's like, "Well, they were feeding each other dessert." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that pretty much seals it." Sounds pretty gay, yeah. I, I like I have never had the desire to feed one of my male friends dessert. <laughs> I, I just could never picture myself or any straight guy doing that. But
2: <laughs> No, did he know ahead of time that these two were going to show up or did they stage it to look like they were just
1: Well, we don't know, but he, run into No, he was very unhappy about this may have been all a setup, but he didn't know it and he didn't like the fact that they were there. He wanted to be alone with his girl. Uh, but but he He's didn't okay. know how to say no, and then anyway, they ran up this huge bill, then said they had to go to the bathroom, and never came back.
2: And never came back. And so, so Ken ended up with a
1: $415 bill, did wow. not have the money for that.
2: Well, Ken doesn't have that kind
3: of money. Yeah,
1: yeah, he he actually had like 120 something in his pocket, paid that, and then the owner scared him into leaving his whole wallet there with his ID and everything until he would come back and pay the rest. You know, threatening that he'd get arrested and all this other crap. I, I told Ken afterwards it's a big mistake. What you should have done is told the owner, look, call the police all you want, I'll tell them the truth. I got scammed here. These right, guys you know, showed up and then and, and ditched me. If anything, you know, go after this girl or, or go after them. But but you know, I'll, I'll pay for my part of the food. But these guys ran out. No, wait.
2: The girl also went to the bathroom conveniently right around. No, the no, corner. she
1: stayed and she was. And he said she was crying after that and 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 like acted very convincing that she didn't know this would be pulled on her and that she hadn't seen this guy in eleven years and he just used oh, her. But Ken's wondering you. what's the chances in a big city like L.A. that she happens to run into these two guys who knew her from eleven years ago and they scam her. And they scammed Ken, and she didn't offer to pay for any of it. He had to pay the whole thing and let his wallet be held hostage. But anyway, (laughs) what I told Ken here is... I guess
2: they don't do the old uh, come back and wash the dishes thing anymore, huh?
1: Yeah, what I told told Ken is that there is some recourse to this, because these weren't just random guys who showed up out of nowhere and left, and you have no way to find them. This girl knows the name of at least one of them. Right. So, so I so said to Ken, I
2: like couldn't find her.
1: Right. So I said to Ken, call her up and demand that she tell you the name of the dude who scammed you, of one of the two dudes who scammed. And Ken's like, Oh, I don't know if I should do that. I said, Of course you should. Either she was in on it, and which she definitely should, or it, if she wasn't in on it and she won't tell you. Then she's not very sympathetic of what happened to you. So I said you should, you know, just hassle her to death until she gives up the name. And then, and if she won't give it to me, and we'll call her on this show and pressure her to give up the name. And then we'll try to find one of these guys and and call him up on this show. And I said, yeah, like <laughs> "Are I, we going to
2: do that tonight?"
1: Well, no, unfortunately, uh, I don't know if Ken's talked to her yet, but I'll ask him when he calls in, and we'll see. Otherwise, we'll wait till next week. But I, I definitely want to pursue this. I I want to put these guys in the hot seat for doing this shit because that's you know that's bullshit. So anyway, awesome. uh, and you know I I I'll be happy to call the girl too. You know if she. I don't care if she was in on it or not, if she won't give up the name of the guy who did this, then she's protecting pretty much someone who stole from Ken, which is just as bad.
2: So does Ken not have his ID and wallet back yet? No, he paid it
1: all off. He uh He did? Yeah. Wow. But uh anyway. That happened to Ken, a little side note there. So anyone waiting for the uh, Matt Marafiotti discussion, I'm sorry you had to hear a Ken Scaler story. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you
2: have to sit through to get to the poker content. So anyway, uh, here here is
1: the poker content. This is what happened. And it's a very convoluted story and a weird story. And in fact, it has a murder angle to it. In fact, the only murder known to have to do with poker to my knowledge, and uh, except for the ones where two different guys killed their parents for inheritance money to play poker with. Uh, but that's more of like a family issue. I'm talking about like murders having to do you know, with two strangers, one killing the other over poker. The only murder I know of was uh, the Swedish biker banditos right. who were accused of killing the owner of poker listings in Sweden. And this ties into that. And uh, you know, in fact, a lot of people have been afraid to even talk about this because the banditos don't only have a presence in Sweden; they actually have a presence in Las Vegas, of all places. So,
2: have you ever seen one of these guys just I, kind
1: I of a casino? Or- I, I haven't, but uh, they're said to have a presence in Las Vegas. And in fact, there's a website for them, like the, the Banditos Defense Fund, and it's the, for the Vegas version of them, not the Swedish version. Um, but uh, th- let me tell you first about the poker listings thing before I get to what happened here. Um, and this is a very sad story. The Poker Listings founder Andreas Oskarsson was killed in 2009 and he came to Sweden to testify in a case having to do with uh, uh, I, th- I think having to do with online poker thefts uh, You know, that were tied to the Swedish biker banditos. That's, that's what I heard. Anyway, uh, he was killed. The case was never solved. They're, the police are terrible in Sweden, and from what I hear, 95% of all murder cases in Sweden go unsolved, which is horrendous. So this was unsolved, even though it seems like everybody believes that the Swedish biker banditos were behind that murder in 2009, of Andreas Oskarsson. Now,
2: 95%? 95%? That's percent, I'm hearing
1: something like that. Like they, They're just awful at solving murders out there. I don't know why. Well, maybe uh, they're
2: just taking money. <laughs> To not
1: solve them. Yeah, I can't figure out why. But uh, here's the really sad part: another Andreas Oscarson was murdered a few weeks before that in 2009. So it was pretty much theorized, and I believe it that they, they killed the, the wrong. Guy yeah, they understand? killed the wrong Andreas Oscarson <laughs> who did nothing except have the same name as someone they didn't like, and then they're like, "Oh crap, we killed the wrong guy," and then killed the right guy. So it's a- like a. A common
2: name, like the John Smith of Sweden?
1: Or? I, I don't know, but it was... I, I think it's not so common to where it was very unusual to have two Andreas Oskarsons murdered within a few weeks of each other in Sweden, where I don't think they have a high murder rate anyway. So, uh, within weeks of each other, as I said, those two were killed. And I think they were similar murders, too. I think that there's a lot of similarities between the two. Anyway... No convictions, but it was thought that this was done by the Swedish biker banditos. Well, that was three years ago. Let me tell you about another thing that happened years ago to give some background on what I'm going to talk about next. There's a player named Fast Freddy. That was his screen name. Fast underscore Freddy, F-R-E-D-D-I-E. And also Terror of Sweden. Same guy. First he played as Terror of Sweden disappeared, and then this new character named Fast Freddy came around and beat a lot of people for a lot of money. Uh, mainly played on the Prima Poker Network, which uh, for a long time didn't allow Americans. In fact, they didn't even allow Americans... Uh, I don't know if they ever did. This is one of them that was really just like a European poker site. As far back as I can remember, they did not allow Americans. Not like a Black Friday thing. Anyway... Um, this guy was so brash that when he won a lot of money under Fast Freddy, he made a little flash video promoting himself, bragging about how he won, with screenshots of him sitting with like 900000 on the table while everyone else has zero, and uh, telling everyone to watch out for Fast Freddy, like a, like a video bragging about how he's crushed everyone. Is it just
2: me, or are there a lot of egoists in poker?
1: Oh, there are, yeah. This guy really took the cake, though. And you can see in the forum, the scam, scandal, and shadiness forum, you can see that... You know, that video, I posted a link to it. And there's rumors on 2 Plus 2, don't click that, it'll give you a virus, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that for a second. I, I think that's a lot of paranoia. If you're really afraid, don't click it, but I, that video's been around for years, and that's not the way they were infecting people's computers to to cheat them. So I wouldn't be afraid of clicking that video. I clicked it myself, so,
2: you You know. could click it on your iPad, that's probably safe.
1: No, you can't because it's flash. No? It's a flash. Oh, video. damn it. Yeah, you That's can't. It. But no, it's safe, trust me. I mean, I, I'm not going to take responsibility. If you click on it and they steal from you, you'll, don't, don't come suing me. Do it at your own risk. But I'm telling you from, in my opinion, it's safe. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find that in the on page two of the Scam Scandals and Shadiness forum. But uh, this guy's real name is Mohammed Kausari. And he's also Swedish. There's a picture I have of him on that same post and after he won after he beat Johnny Lawton for a ton of money Patrick Antonius for a ton of money these are really good players these two obviously and then Texas Limit King the guy who just destroyed everyone on full tilt he beat him for a lot of money at Limit Hold'em which wasn't even Fast Freddy's game and Texas Limit King was great at Limit Hold'em that's where he made all his money after these things happened accusations started to come out that Fast Freddy was actually cheating people. And this is back in, like, 2007. It was accused that he got Trojan horses on people's computers that allowed him to see whatever was on, was on their screen when he played them. And the rumor was that he would do this through Instant Messenger. And here, here's how I'm going to explain now how this happens. On Instant Messengers, all you have to do is get someone to execute a file, to download and execute a file. Which isn't hard. You send them the file transfer, they click on it, and then when you click on it, it tries to open. So these files, they they execute in the background, meaning they they appear to do nothing. You click on them, nothing happens, and you think nothing's happened. When in reality, it's installed itself on your computer, and now that person can see everything on your screen. If that program has been designed to do that, and you'll have no idea. This doesn't just happen. You have to click on the file. You have to know they're sending you a file. But let me give you an example of how easy this can be to someone who's really not thinking about it. Um, Let's say you're talking to Fast Freddy here. And Fast Freddy's like, hey, dude, you should see this chick I've been banging for the last week. She is so hot. And you're like, okay, yeah, let me see her. He's like, okay, let me send you a picture. So he sends you a file like uh, jennifer.jpeg.exe. It y-
2: seems like it would work at least 95% of the time, right. even and, if yeah. you hardly knew the guy.
1: Yeah, and, and like, you don't reckon you don't really look and see the EXE at the end, unless you're computer savvy. You just see Jennifer.jpg, you were expecting a picture of a girl, you know JPG is a file extension, so you click on it. Well, nothing happened. You click, it just, nothing goes on. It's like it didn't work. You're like, I don't see anything. He'll say, oh, sorry, dude, I don't know what the problem is. I can see it, but maybe it's a problem, no big deal, I'll, I'll let you know later, I'll send you another picture later. You forget about it. This totally falls out of your mind. Someone tried to send you a file. It didn't work. Whatever, and that's over. But now the guy can see everything going on on your computer. He can see your screen, which means he can see your whole cards. And then a
2: normal virus protection wouldn't notice that something had happened.
1: Um, usually not. Ones that have like certain firewalls and things like that, that. But but just like this is not really a virus. It's a trojan. It's what's known as a Trojan horse. A virus is something. That uh, more wants to replicate itself. Uh, virus so, basic th-
2: Norton protection. It wouldn't. It wouldn't alert you. It wouldn't know.
1: I'm not all that familiar with what Norton does or doesn't do, but I can tell you that a lot of modern virus protection does not work to defend against things like this, and you shouldn't count on them too much. You just have to. Play smart when it comes to your computer and, and never trust people when they send you files or whatever unless you're 100% sure this person is not going to screw with you. Like, if if, it's, if your dad is sending you a file and you know it's really your dad and not someone who hacked your dad's account, then by all means accept the file. But if it's just some poker player who's sending you something on AIM, don't accept it. And I see there's it's someone calling you. Same,
2: same with your email. You're never yeah. supposed to open an attachment unless I, you're sure you know the sender.
1: Yeah, I see there's someone calling in. I'll accept the call in a second, but uh, please wait until I finish... Discussing this. Anyway, uh, apparently, there is a, uh, an accusation that Fast Freddy put these Trojan horses on Texas Limit King's computer, on Johnny Lawton's computer, and Patrick Antonius's computer. And that's how he crushed them so hard. Texas Limit King disappeared. If you remember, he won a lot of money then lost some back to this Terror of Sweden guy, and then disappeared. And everyone wondered, why would, why would Texas Lemon King run off like that when he was like on top of the limit world? Even if he lost to Terror of Sweden, why after just killing everyone else on full tilt? And he beat like Neverwin. You know, Neverwin just got destroyed by him. There was a, an infamous hand where, where he had pocket fours against Neverwin's pocket threes, and there was like queen, queen, nine, nine on the board. And Neverwin bet, and he called a four high and won. And everyone couldn't believe it. Now, that was probably just where they were playing so fast that Texas Limit King didn't realize that his hand had been counterfeited. So he accidentally made a, a great hero call with Four High. But uh, forgetting about that hand, he killed everyone. he killed so many people and just rose up and won like two to three million dollars in a short time on full tilt. Then Terror of Sweden beat him for a good sum of money, but then he just vanished. And now the story's starting to come out that... Texas Limit King left because he was afraid because he discovered what had happened he claimed that he bribed someone at his internet service provider to show him where the connections were going to and uh, that one of them was connecting to Fast Freddy's computer and he figured out what was going on and then when he started to call him out for it then he started getting threats that the banditos are going to kill him and he left I, I can't say this is really what happened, but that's that's a story that is being peddled by Johnny Lottin. Now, this all goes back, this, this did not just come out yesterday, this has been going back a while. But let me tell you the new part. You know, I'm, I'm going to answer this call. I hate to reward people who just persistently bang the phones here, but uh, Caller, you're on the air. Caller
3: in the
0: hey, yeah. hey, how's it going there, Poker Fraud Alert Radio? Who's Who's this?
3: <laughs> Who's
0: calling? Hey, I have two questions. Well, uh, can you identify? Uh,
1: is, oh, uh, my, first qu-
0: my first question
1: leave? is: My first question is: Todd, don't you ever get tired of hearing the sound of your own voice? My God, two two minutes. Would, would you like my answer? Babbling, 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 babbling. Marty, would you like my answer? My I second think, question, my second question is... Wait! No, 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 no Marty, let me answer second, the first question. My answer yes. is yes. That's the answer, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't think that uh, Marty is enjoying the show, apparently, so... No, that's...
1: Uh, that's too bad. Anyway, um, Marty, if you want to have your own show, you're welcome to have one. It's not on this side. But, uh, also, you know, I might let you on the show sometime, but please call in when you're not drinking or doing cocaine. That's my requirement. And tonight I can tell you did one of those things. <laughs> so, how,
2: how can you tell that, really? So. Do you have the authority to, uh...
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I can tell. diagnose I, I, him I, I've got. Way. Unfortunately, I've gotten to know him well enough to where I can tell within <laughs> like a few words if he's on something or not. And tonight okay. he was definitely, uh... Not sober.
2: All right. It's okay if your co-host has a drink, though, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, knock yourself out. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, um, that's the background here. But what does this have to do with today, August 2012? These are all stories from 2006, 2007, 2008. Well, Matt Marifiotti, also known as ADZ, ad Zizzy on Twitter, the same guy who posted all that Junk about uh, Lauren Kling recently. He is accused of conspiring with Samar Raman, who's a friend of Mohammed Kassari, and accused much more recently of cheating people in the same way, sending them Trojans through AIM. And uh, while Mohammed Kassari's technical knowledge is not really known, uh, Samar Raman is known to be an IT guy. He would be someone who would know very well how to do this and, and even, you know, has the capability to write such a program. Uh, here's a, an AIM conversation between them. I'll, I'll read parts of it where they talk about doing this to people. Uh, where where they, They're discussing conspiring to do this together so, uh
2: but Todd, um just to get a little bit more background on this, how would somebody else get their hands on this aim conversation
1: that's not that's interesting that you asked that, and that's not known yet. Um, this is someone who posted the conversation. It looks very realistic uh, you you never know if these things are fake, but it looks realistic and uh, uh, he's even acknowledged that he did have a conversation. he acknowledged in, in a live ten twenty game at Bellagio that there was a conversation. And someone lifted it from his computer. He accused Lauren Kling of doing it actually in this conversation at the really, but uh, but he claims it was modified to make him look bad. but he does admit there was a conversation, just not the same conversation people are reading, which I don't believe. I think that this is being posted verbatim. Uh, you can just tell when you read these things if they're real or fake. It just you just get a feel for it when you read it if it's like a real conversation or if it's something that's that's staged or set up or made up. Yeah, no, I the had the
2: same feeling as I was reading it. I, I think it would be really hard to fake that.
1: Yeah. It, it just sounded natural. Yeah, and it's just, uh, I don't want to give all the tips from my point of view of how to fake a good aim conver- or AIM or Skype conversation, but um, I can tell you that this is either faked by a supreme expert at faking conversations or it's real. I have to go with it's real. So, And he's even acknowledged the conversation wasn't completely fabricated, just that it's it's been changed. Anyway, uh, so they 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 talked a lot, and uh, let me let me get to the. Uh, I'm looking through this whole thing again to find the the best parts here. But uh, let's see here. Yeah, this thing's so long. I, th- I thought I'd find it quickly.
2: <laughs> Thanks to Bukowski um, for once again being the master of all images, um, and the master of all uh, forum data. He's posted a link in chat where people can look this over as well.
1: well, yeah, yeah, they'll see the whole thing uh, but but anyway there's a there's a, there's a whole long thing of a conversation of them talking about about uh, how they are conspiring to do this and
2: and Todd, you know Drexel's number one fan in chat brings up a good point. Are you endangering yourself and and maybe the rest of us as well by discussing this on radio? Will we have this uh, Swedish mafia gang coming after us now?
1: (laughs) You know, I actually thought of that, and I don't think so, because this has been discussed at 92 pages worth on 2 Plus 2 before this radio show started. So I don't think me joining in the discussion, and there's other sites talking about it too. This isn't something that everyone's afraid to talk about except me uh If it was if I was like the only one talking about this, I would be a little bit scared that maybe the banditos are gonna pay me a visit but uh i I'm just one of several people repeating this now and discussing what's already been brought out so so the answer's no in my opinion <laughs> you never know but uh, uh anyway uh they discussed this in an aim or uh, sorry a skype conversation, and the funny thing is uh, the way it all ended was when Matt Marfiati said that he found something on his own laptop with Trojans on there. So it looked like that uh, the one who was conspiring to help the whole thing was going to get cheated himself. So, uh, anyway, this whole thing was posted. And, of course, everyone was uh, pretty pissed off about it. Uh, Raman ac- appeared on 2plus2 to defend himself and tried to say he doesn't know... Matt Marafiotti at all. And that was quickly disproven. It was it was shown, in fact, the, a picture of them together. Um, it was found a, a tweet that he made that uh, that he knows him and is a friend of his. So...
2: That wasn't a smart lie. He should have started off saying he, they knew each other, but the rest was trumped up.
1: Yeah, but ab- ab- apparently he's a lot better technically than he is at lying. But... then uh, 2 Plus 2 actually deleted the thread... Uh, for a few hours, the original poster of it, who was a new account that was made just to post this, named like CBT500 or something, but then it was restored. Now, I can't believe that they would even delete this. I don't care if the original posters said, hey, delete this. They shouldn't do that. If something Something that's this serious... Unless the person wants to say, I came and made this whole thing up and, and gave credible information they made this up, if the person has cold feet and doesn't want to post it anymore, they shouldn't be able to take it back at that point. Something this serious, that seems to be realistic. It's not like someone came out with just a, a, a wild accusation and then took it back because they hey, delete the whole thread. That's fine. But if someone brings out like legitimate evidence that looks like someone's cheating, they should not be deleting it at the original poster's request. And I think 2plus2 finally realized that and put it back. So there's now a 92-page thread about it. And Matt Marifiotti, who operates a Twitter account all the time and a Facebook account and everything else, claims that he doesn't know how to post on two plus two and that's why he, he has not responded. He he can't figure out two plus two. That's his excuse. He, he said this to Kev Math and Brian Hastings. I've never been able to figure out how to post on 2 Plus 2. I can barely burn a CD. I asked someone to load iPods for me. So suddenly he becomes uh, a technical <laughs> he retard. Do, he
2: can handle his Twitter account, yeah. but not affirm. not 2 Plus
1: 2. That's that's only for technical experts. Have so, you
2: posted on any forum that you know of?
1: No, not about this. He's not. Or I, I don't know if he's well, ever, just in general oh, on forums. I, I don't think so, but he obviously could. Uh, the big thing that came out shortly after that when he was denying it, is that uh, it's a capture from Twitter direct messages from William Reynolds, who's a friend of his. So his friend actually turned his back on him. And, uh, in fact, William Reynolds appears in a video on YouTube saying wonderful things about Matt Marafiotti, but he posted this realistic-looking screen capture of direct messages he got on Twitter. And... It starts out with, I have a riddle for you. When was the last time I stayed in Lauren Kling's bed? Last night, the end. And then he went on to say, I obviously know even thinking slash talking about it was wrong. Malls um, uh, thought it was so funny winning 70k pots off me knowing my style of play. I more or less taught him my strategies for high stakes poker and he used them against me. I soft played him at 25k HRs, and he didn't appreciate it. I'm not sure what HRs are, but uh, uh, he's basically saying that this other guy uh, used his own strategies that he taught them against him, and he soft-played against the guy, and to thank him, the guy hard-played against him. So this is already admitting he was soft-playing someone, which is wrong in in, in uh, high-stakes events. But then he said, I just thought it was rude to me at times, and obviously it was never something I'd do, but something I'd consider, especially since I could literally see people's whole cards the fact that I could and didn't cheat says what a great person I really am. That's, of course, the important part of the tweet where he actually says, and this is a private direct message from Ad Zizzy, Matt Marifiati, to William Reynolds, which William Reynolds has posted. Especially since I could literally see people's hall cards, the fact that I could and didn't cheat says what a great person I really am. So he's trying to say, look what a good guy I am. I, I can see everyone's hall cards, but I still don't cheat. I'm, I'm choosing not to. So That's
2: pretty telling. Yeah, so
1: so uh, I, I think what he's saying here is that he could have played this guy and used the same aim trick that uh, that, that his friend Salma Rahman taught him how to do and, and was going to be part of, but chose not to do it with this guy despite the fact that he's angry at him for using his own strategies against him and not soft playing him just like he had done for this guy. So he's saying, look what a nice guy I am. I could have cheated you. And, and this mole, whatever person he's referring to, is William Molson. So that's the one who he's angry at. So uh, that's actually, I think, why William Reynolds made this public. Because William Molson is his friend. And this kind of alarmed him. He's, he's friends with both of them, but this alarmed him. It was kind of like putting one friend against another. And he decided that uh, he had to say something at this point. So, uh, anyway... Uh, there's been a lot of anger directed at Matt Marafiati, And unfortunately, because people like to hate on Matt Marafiotti so much because he's so brash and obnoxious and is like an attention whore to the 10th degree, it's kind of drowned out the bigger story behind this. And that is the hacking that had been going on by Samar Rahman and Mohammed Karsari before that. For was probably millions of dollars at the nosebleed stage games on the Prima network, and who knows where else? Full tilt, and uh, you know who knows where else? I believe millions of dollars were stolen, and may have gone partially or fully to the biker banditos of Sweden. So, this is a really disturbing story and I think if people can get past the whole Matt Marafiotti thing there's there's no evidence yet that uh, at least that I've seen that Matt cheated anyone specifically but that he was like uh, conspiring to do it to join in with the whole thing That uh, and you've seen he's been challenging to play all these people he's been doing this on his Twitter now whether he's just doing this because he's a uh, a brash rich kid who likes to show off or because that's part of like setting up people for the fall here
2: to cheat them. Well, it seems like it's part of the setup because in that AIM conversation, he laughs about the fact that one of the guys they're looking to set up is itching to play him heads up. As if, you know, he somehow uh, got the guy interested in, in playing him heads up, perhaps by pissing him off or talking shit, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's a picture, uh, it was just posted by, it's not in the thread, I'm going to post this afterwards, but uh, thanks again to Bukowski, who's the uh, walking image library here. He really is. Every show he seems to uh, send us uh, good pictures and post to the chat room. But uh, he just sent a picture, which I will post on the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum, so even if you're not hearing this live I'm in the chat room, you can see it. It's a picture of Samer, Matt Marafiati together, and the guy, and a guy taking a picture. You can actually see a guy taking a picture in the picture, and that guy is Zoran Zorik, who is a, uh, convicted of assault... And is involved in in a a different casino scam and is also said to be involved with the Sweeter Spiker Banditos. So, I mean, for a guy that claims that, Somers claiming that the two of them don't know each other and here's a picture of them sitting together with two computers next to each other smiling. And then the guy in the background uh, who was convicted of assault. So, uh, involved in a different scam. So this looks very bad for Matt Marafiotti here. It looks very clear that at the very least, he was conspiring to be part of this whole thing. It's not clear if he actually did cheat anyone, but at least that he wanted to, until he saw that uh, Sommer was trying to cheat him, too. That's what, that's what kind of looks like to me, is that what happened, that's, that's, uh, that Matt wanted to do this. and And maybe, you know, the funny thing is, maybe not even for the money, but just for the...
2: The poker prestige. Yeah,
1: the prestige. He's all yeah. about the attention and being seen as this great player and this uh, this kid that just uh, destroys everyone in poker and that you know they, all the money he has came from poker and not from his rich family. Like he, he wants to be seen as the big winner, and that may be more important to him than the money. So looks very bad for Matt Marafiotti here that he was involved. But the thing is, at least we don't know of anyone he directly cheated in this way. There are other people who've come forward with little stories of match cheating them in some way or another, but but never to this degree. It's always like, uh, for example, for example, there was an old thing, uh, an old screen capture someone showed of a thing that happened on Poker Stars, where he and someone else agreed to put in twenty five hundred dollars, no matter what, and then just stop and then check it down, and whoever wins wins. Like they call it a flip, where pre flop you agree you're going with a certain amount of money no matter what your cards are, and then just check the rest down. So they agree to that, and then when Matt flopped a good hand, he went all in. And the guy had to fold. <laughs> so so th- little things like that, which are very shady and, and crappy, but uh, still not as bad as this. So uh, the bigger story, in my opinion, is the mil- millions of dollars of stealing and cheating that these two, Mohammed Khaasari and Salma Rahman, are accused of doing. And... Uh, so let me talk a little bit about Samar Rahman, As I've talked about Mohammed Khasari, I've talked about Matt Marafiati. But he's accused of sending those people, the Trojans, v- through AIM, AOL Instant messenger, which enables him to see people's whole cards, basically see whatever's on their screen. And I already explained this is not difficult to accomplish or to trick people to do or even have them realize anything's happened. He is accused of using various accounts on poker sites, you know, where he play people. One of the accounts was named Bad Gateway. Bad underscore gateway on full tilt. Uh, this is thought to be a screen name based upon Johnny Laden's famous screen name, Bad IP. This is Bad Gateway. And, you know, IP and gateway are both uh, internet terms. So Bad Gateway, if you look at him up on uh, poker table ratings, has uh, certain people that he just crushed. And, and, in fact, these don't even show properly how much money was really lost. So, for example, uh, JAS11, J-A-S-11, it shows he lost 48,000, but JAS11 has come forward and said that he actually lost uh, 250,000 to Bad Gateway, which I believe. So, uh, and he's insisting, and I'm trying to get him on this show, he's insisting that uh, he really was a victim of this. Uh, This is from, this is a a report from JAS11. Uh, this is actually in the past. This wasn't even posted today. This is posted, uh, I think, about two years ago. Uh, JAS11 got an aim from uh, a person named PayMeNot uh, and, and was claiming it was a video to see. And the video didn't play. Right after that, he got crushed by the accounts BadGateway and Aladdin. And that was Aladdin with two eyes, A-L-L-A-D-I-I-N. And bad underscore gateway on full tilt. Then on Poker Stars, he got beat down by Saman R, that's S A M A N underscore R, and West is best is, that's W E S T I S B E S T I S on Poker Stars. Now you can't look up Saman R or West is best is anymore because Poker Stars, uh, you can't see that data on Poker Table Ratings anymore. But if you go to poker t- PokerTableRatings.com, you can look up bad underscore gateway and Aladdin, Aladdin with two eyes at the end. And, uh, you can see the 48,000 that was lost to Bad Gateway from JAS 11 and, and a lot more that was lost on Aladdin. I guess this all adds up to 250K. But uh, Sam and R and West as Best is on PokerStars were actually low stakes, pot Limit Omaha 6 max players, and all of a sudden they wanted to play 2550 no limits when JAS was there, JAS 11. So that's very convenient. He was JAS, JAS 11 on PokerStars. So, uh, whenever he showed up, Saman R, and notice Saman R is very similar in name to Samer Rahman. Samar Rahman is, yeah, S A M E R, and the last name R A H M A N, and here's Saman Sam R, S A M A N underscore R. Very convenient. And uh, this wasn't like a copycat because nobody knew who he was back then. So it's not I like mean. someone did this to make it look like they were Saman Sam Rahman. Anyway, um, he said that this pay me not person on AIM, who may or may not really have been Pay Me Not on Poker Stars. There is a player named Pay Me Not on Poker Stars, but it may have been someone imitating him. But Pay Me Not even encouraged him to play Bad Gateway. Pay Me Not was saying, hey, Bad Gateway really sucks at PLO, you should play him. So uh, that happened to Jazz 11. And then another guy named Kadabra says that he thinks that someone ta- that someone tampered with his computer during the uh, Poker Stars Caribbean adventure where uh, after he went to the Bahamas to play that tournament, suddenly Bad Gateway wanted to play him all the time and crushed him. And that, uh, you know, he thinks that Samir Rahman, who was there, actually got a hold of his computer when he wasn't looking and installed the Trojan in person. Didn't even have to trick him, but actually uh, forcefully did this. How
2: would he get a hold of his computer physically?
1: Uh, It was probably people were hanging out. Maybe he left his door unlocked. Uh, Maybe, you know, a bunch of people were sitting together playing and he went to the bathroom you know, something like that. I, I could easily see it happening. Like, like for example, um, in a... not a room, in St. Kitts, which I, I, the tournament I went to in 2005 and 2006, in 2006, John Ro- Robert Belland went there, and uh, I hung out with him somewhat, and we were sitting right next to each other playing online poker in our rooms on, on our respective computers. So, you know, when one of us went to the bathroom, the other could have screwed with the other's computer. We didn't, but, uh, you know, it could have been something like that. Uh, so, so many accusations about Bad Gateway uh, and, and about Samar Raman in general. Uh, now Patrick Antonius, as recently as this year, actually called out Mohammed Kosari for hacking him, and uh, Mohammed he's come up with some weak defenses, but uh, nothing that's very believable. But uh, Patrick Antonius is still insisting that he was cheated as, as recently as this year, even though the cheating happened like five years ago. And Johnny Laden, uh, he's been kind of quiet, but in 2008 he did a, a big interview about this. And this, this was from an interview he did actually in 2007, where um, it, it, this is what Johnny Laden said in, in, in an interview. He said, this is about Texas Limit King. Texas Limit King found a Trojan on his computer after Fast Freddy, Mohammed Kassari, had contacted him to set up a game. Texas Limit King bribed a tech support guy at an internet service provider to find out who was receiving the info that the Trojan was sending. The one who was receiving the info? Fast Freddy. Fat Freddy has connections to either Hells Angels and or Banditos and have been known to threaten people at the poker tables. And I, I have a f- uh, friend, by the way, I won't say who he is, but uh, I have a friend that has played Limit Hold'em, heads up, with Fast Freddy and also reported that this guy threatened him directly to kill him and said it wasn't, like, like playful or kind of tilty-threatening. He said that the, the most serious threats he's ever gotten was, was from this guy.
2: Now, Jeff, do you believe that the biker banditos are related or interrelated somehow to Hell's Angels?
1: No, I, th- kind of- I think I think Johnny Laden was confused on that one. I think he okay. was... Uh, so, then he said, The high-stakes players in Scandinavia are scared of Fast Freddy, and more than one player has commented, I don't want to get killed, so why should I care? So, what he's trying to say is... Uh, um, they just don't want to say anything about it. They they just, if anyone got cheated, they just shut up. And even if, if they didn't get cheated, they especially shut up because they're saying, like, why should I get involved with this and risk my life? That's a, and, you know, I can see that in Sweden with this violent gang there that doesn't hesitate to kill people. That if Especially you know,
2: if the police aren't willing to step in.
1: Yeah, if, if you think that people are getting cheated, especially if you're not one of the victims, you just shut up about it if you, if you value your life. And... Right. Uh, I think it's a little easier uh, with a big ocean between here and Sweden for people to t- talk about this, but uh, there in Sweden, uh, especially where two murders have taken place with no convictions, I, I think that uh, I-, I can understand why these people shut up. And so then he said Texas Lemon King stopped playing right after this info leaked that he had done this and found out uh, what Fast Freddy had done. And now Fast Freddy can't get a game started anywhere online. That Once the info leaked out, nobody wanted to play Fast Freddy anymore. So uh, that was what Laden claimed, and um, here's a uh, a post about, uh, interesting post about Mohammed Khosari, of someone who claims that he thinks Khosari was pressured into joining forces with the banditos. This guy said, The strange part in the Kosari-Bandito story is that he truly seems to be a victim of extortion. I've heard it confirmed by one of the extortionists who visited Kosari a uh, a couple of years ago that it did in fact pressure him for money. Uh, I cannot believe that this would happen if he in fact was a close and personal friend uh, of Medhi Sayed, who's someone else involved. Uh, It is not unthinkable that the friendship part is a fabrication that the initial extortion led to a forced cooperation as shown to the article linked to earlier. I'll get to these articles in a second. Maybe that's what got Kosari desperate enough to hack. So what he's trying to say here is that uh, he thinks maybe Kosari fell in with the wrong crowd and was threatened himself, uh, like was extorted for money, and then felt like to get the money back that was extorted, that he was in a desperate enough situation to get involved in this hacking, and and then, you know, Salma Rahman gave him this way to do it. So uh, I'm not saying that's true, but it's an interesting thing to think about. Uh, there's another account that's said to be belong to Samar Rahman, and that's Regista8. It's R E G I S T A eight. And uh, if you want to see Regista8, actually made a Blogspot account in 2006. Hasn't updated in a long time, but it's Regista8.blogspot.com. R E G I S T A 8.blogspot.com. And the person says he's 26 years old in Sweden. This was dated November 25th, 2006. So nearly six years later, he'd be about 32. Well, Samer Rahman is 32 and from Sweden. And, uh, and also uh, Trambo Pauline, who was also a victim in the Ultimate Bet scandal, uh, he talked about a live encounter he had with Samer Rahman at the World Series of Poker in 2009 in London and actually introduced himself as Register 8 online. And it seemed like a nice guy, he said. And then uh, later on, he said that Samer denied being Register 8 and he he's put, I believe I said something to register at the tables, and response was weird enough to where I said something to him on AIM about it, and he admitted he no longer played that account, but previously shared it with his buddy. At some point in the future while playing, he messages me on AIM and says something to the effect of, hey, I'm bad gateway on FTP now, just so you know, but keep it quiet. So so uh, Trambopoline, who is very reliable in my opinion, this, he's never been shown to uh, be someone who makes up stories like this, Uh, He said that he met Samar Raman in 2009, who actually said he was Register 8, but then later, in AIM, claimed that he changed accounts and he was just borrowing Register 8 before, and now he's Bad Gateway. So I think it's very likely, especially given the age and and country similarities, along with the story, that he was both Register 8 and Bad Gateway, uh, in addition to to the other accounts that uh, I mentioned. So... uh, Samar Rahman, to be clear, for those of you who are having a little trouble following this, Samar Rahman is the one that had the conversation recently that was posted with Matt Marafiati, where they're conspiring to do this and where it ends where uh, Matt Marafiati discovers that his computer's been infected. So, Mohammed Kafsari is not involved in this current story, but it, it all links back. Because they're... Samer Rahman and Mohammed Kassari are said to be involved, and Mohammed Kassari had those high-profile big wins against those big players like Patrick Antonius and Johnny Lott and, and Texas Limit King. And what's funny is on Two Plus Two and Chinese Maniacs pointing this out in chat on Two Plus Two, Samer Rahman actually said that if Two Plus Two doesn't take the thread down, he's going <laughs> to call the police. <laughs> I don't know what police yeah, he's going to call, hilarious. but, but uh, yeah. So so anyway. Um, that, uh, that, that that's what's happening here and it's it's a really odd situation and let me tell you about the banditos and Mohammed Kossari before we kind of close this out here there are some Swedish articles and they're actually on Swedish websites that are written in Swedish but they were translated and summarized by someone on 2plus2 who speaks Swedish and uh, the first article which uh, again I posted on the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiest in that same thread. Uh, Summarize it to this. The first article, in short, it describes how the Banditos came over to a a, a restaurant in, uh, they came to own a restaurant in Gothenburg, which is in Sweden, with the help of Mohammed. He bought the place really cheap after a series of attacks against that restaurant. These These attempted arson scared away other potential buyers, uh, police spotted, Moh- spotted Mohammed Kassari several times in the same car as Mehdi Sayed, president of the Bandito Sweden. That's, that's who ben- Mehdi Sayed is, by the way. Uh, after Mohammed Kassari purchased the place, all of the bouncers were Bandito's members. Other signs also pointed in the direction that Mohammed Kasari was an owner, only an owner on paper, but the place was indeed run by the banditos. On these grounds, the Swedish court decided not to allow any alcoholic beverages to be sold. So they actually took away their liquor license uh, with the belief that the banditos were running it and that Mohammed Kasari was just the uh, owner on paper and that uh, he got it cheap after attacks there. So basically, the, the restaurant was for sale. Uh, it kept getting attacked, I guess with like firebombs or something. And it didn't burn down, but the other people who were thinking of buying were like, hey, forget this, I don't want this restaurant. And then uh, Mohammed Kossari gave a lowball offer, it was accepted, and then all of a sudden the banditos are the bouncers there, and, and there's, it's suspected that they only owned it on paper. Another article, also from that same website written in Swedish, a follow-up article has an interview with Mohammed Kossari where he says that this is unfair, that the restaurant is really owned by him, and in fact, all the bouncers are members of the gang. It's totally a coincidence that uh, <laughs> they, they just happen to be a member of the gang, but uh, you know, they, that's just the way it fell. And he said, I know Mehdi Sayed as a friend, not a criminal. I know his family, and I know his relatives. And then the journalist asked him about uh, a not-so-friendly encounter with that gang that occurred in 2006, um, where three years ago, four members of the Banditos busted into his apartment, forced him under... Uh, under threat to move uh, 320,000 Swedish crones to a bank account, and, and he did it. And, and then he said he got robbed for another 500,000 uh, K, or 500K Swedish kronos. And then these guys were sent, the ones who did it were sent for four years, or sent to jail for a couple of years, these four guys were sent for these robberies. So the journalist asked, the fact that after these events, you go in as a financer for a restaurant that has connections to them could be interpreted as you standing in debt to the gang. And he said, absolutely not. It speaks for itself that, that I'm, uh, I was the victim, and, and I knew Medi Sayed before all that happened. So it's like he's saying here that, uh, you know, this has nothing to do with it, and that, uh, you know, he was the victim. He's not in debt to the gang. So, uh very strange. The first, he's a victim. Todd, is
2: there a connection between the Middle East and uh, Sweden? I, I mean, are there quite a few Middle Eastern families that uh, moved to Sweden? Because it seems to me that these names, Muhammad, Samer, Rahman, these, to me, and you know, I pride myself on being somewhat a student of language, these look like they're of Middle Eastern origin, and I'm just wondering how this ties in with the Swedish.
1: I, I don't understand background. that either. I've noticed that too. I, I think these guys are of uh, Iranian descent or something, and I've never uh-huh. known there to be like a, a Middle Eastern uh, faction there in Sweden. I didn't think there was a, a big segment of the population were Middle Eastern, but maybe there are. I don't know much about the makeup of the Swedish population. I always pictured it the way you did. Sweden, that's just a bunch of... I just uh, think of a bunch of blonde haired blue-eyed yeah, people. Right, it's like Scandinavian yeah. white people. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, all these guys, uh, um, Samer uh, Rahman and Mohamed Kassari, I, I, it's interesting how their part, they have some connection to the biker banditos, and I don't know if all of them are of Middle Eastern descent or if it just happens that these two are friends because of their Middle Eastern background and that the banditos are just uh, a mixed race. So anyway... The, that's the connection. There. So I think it's very clear that at least Mohammed Kassari has some kind of connection to the Banditos, whether it's a forced connection or whether he did it voluntarily, I don't know, uh, but that he has some connection with them and that, and that it seems like a good chance that he cheated. So these are my impressions thus far in the story. Uh, there's so many different facets to it, but this is kind of what I came away with. Number one, I think Matt Marafiati is guilty of either cheating or at least conspiring to cheat that uh, there's no way this was all made up or that uh, the, the conversation was doctored and he has nothing to do with this and, uh, you know, that he's totally innocent. I don't believe this. I believe at the very well, least...
2: Well, Todd, now that you say that, he's never going to come on your radio <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, And we'll get to that in a second, too. I don't think he will be anyway. But, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think there's it's a, a very high sure. chance that that Marifiotti at least wanted to be part of this, even if he never did anything with it. Uh, it seems very possible... That Samar Raman never really saw Matt Marafiotti as a partner, but more of call, call him, saw him as a, a dumb idiot he could manipulate. So like a, a, a naive kid who who just is, is so desperate to be part of this that he could manipulate him and in fact was going to get cheated too. So, yeah, I think
2: he was probably a mark. Or, or as
1: like a fall guy. So right. uh, like a, so, it's possible he was using him as a schlub he could manipulate. Uh, it, it seems likely that the story Randy Dorfman told, I haven't talked about this yet, I, I briefly touched on it, Randy Dorfman was at the Bellagio and said that Matt Marafiotti told him in front of the whole table of 1020 No Limit at the Bellagio that Lauren Kling was the one who leaked the chat capture. Now, I'm not saying Lauren Kling really did it, but I think it's very likely that Randy Dorfman's telling the truth and that Matt Marafiati at least said that. Uh... Did Kling Does really that mean
2: that Lauren knows all of this and, and she is um, hiding information about? Well,
1: yeah. Well, see, people were theorizing at first that she found this, that she got back together with him. Just to access his computer and and get access to the shady stuff he'd been doing to get revenge on him for what he had done to her, but I don't know if I believe that whole conspiracy theory i I think she can just you
2: imagine if Matt ends up dead in a ditch all because he talked about her hairy ass <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that would be an interesting uh, chain <laughs> that, of would events. Be that would be the uh, that would be a pretty interesting application of the butterfly effect. uh, And and
2: I don't mean to laugh about the idea of somebody getting murdered. I I apologize for that. I I wouldn't want to see anybody get hurt over this. But um, it does seem like if Matt comes out and talks, things could go badly for him.
1: Yeah, and and that's one thing he's not doing. He's just refusing to answer to any of this except for threatening 2 plus 2, that they have to take this down or, you know, he's going to sue them and all this other crap. But but not answering to the accusations. Uh, And anyway, he did say to Randy Dorfman apparently, according to Randy Dorfman, who, who didn't have a reason to lie and doesn't have a history of lying, that this was grabbed from his computer by Lauren Kling and then you know, modified in some way, but that a conversation really did take place. And uh, this means that he was blaming her, but it doesn't mean that Kling really did it. That just means what he's claiming, and he always likes to tell stories that make Lauren Kling look bad for whatever reason.
2: Right, right. And apparently, um, according to Bobby Orr in our chat, she denied it on her Twitter account, Yeah, uh, which I would do as well, regardless of whether or not I had been responsible for leaking it.
1: I have mixed feelings whether she did it or not. I'm actually leaning towards no, but I have mixed feelings if she did it or not. Uh, since he just loves to vilify her so often, it, it's starting to get to be like the boy who cried wolf, where it's hard to believe anything he says about her. Exactly. I, uh, I'm
2: even starting to question, I think she has a very
1: beautiful asset. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to think that it's time to ask her to uh, submit pictures and, and just quash this <laughs> rumor sure once and for all. she'll be very cooperative. Yeah. So, um, it seems likely to me that... Samir Rahman was indeed looking at people's whole cards and cheating them. I believe he was behind Register Eight. I believe he was behind Bad Gateway. I believe he was behind Saman R. I believe he was behind Best Is West Is. So I, I think all of these accounts are probably his, and that he probably was cheating with these uh, with, with these Aim Trojans he was sending. I don't have any direct proof, but uh, seems like a lot of circumstantial evidence and a lot of claims that seem very credible. I think it also seems likely that Fast Freddy, Terror of Sweden, Mohammed Kosari, whatever you want to call him, did cheat Johnny Lydon and Patrick Antonius in the same fashion that Rahman did, and there's a good chance that he actually got help from Rahman to do it, way back when. Uh, it also seems likely to me that Kosari does have ties to the Swedish biker gang, uh, f- despite what he's claiming. It's uh, possible he was pressured into those ties, but I think it would be very unlikely that uh, this is all coincidence, like he says. Uh, I think that Kosari and Raman are probably accomplices in these cheating situations. Now, Texas Limit King, the guy who was accused by Neverwin of cheating him in a Limit Hold'em match on full tilt. Is he a cheater? I don't think so. I think his infamous four-high call against uh, Neverwin was just him misreading the board and accidentally making a great call. And uh, I do believe that Texas Limit King himself was cheated by Kosari and that he did leave poker because he was scared. That, I always wonder why that guy left. And that, that's what made it look like more that he was a cheater. Why would you just be the king of the Limit Hold'em world and then run off? Why wouldn't you just stay and clean everyone else out? Why, why would you ever leave just because you had one bad match with a guy? And that's, that's Yeah, if you're afraid of the banditos killing you, that's a good reason to leave.
2: Sure.
1: Uh, so th- that's what,
2: what kind of justice can... Can we hope for for these type of people?
1: Uh, pretty much nothing. I, I think that right? uh, the the only justice that can be had would be the uh, the ostracism from the poker community, where um, they are not welcome at poker events and people give them a hard time, like Matt Marifiati who unfortunately is the least guilty in this whole thing because uh, it, it seems to me more like he was just conspiring and hadn't actually done it. But uh, these other guys, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think. I don't know if they'll ever play live events again after this, but they were never big live event players. They played sometimes, but, you know, they, they didn't come to the U.S. that often, and I don't think it's going to affect them that much if they can't play live poker anymore. But, uh, yeah, you know, I don't
2: think they'll care. I mean, they made their fortunes uh, online, and they can continue. Nothing is going to stop them from continuing. I mean, they can even use other people um, to log in and under new accounts with new IPs and continue this.
3: Yeah, now, so... so-
2: is there any way that um the the poker rooms can take a stand against these guys?
1: Well, I mean, they, they can. They, sh- they can and should just tell these guys they're not welcome, but a lot of poker rooms are afraid to do this, both from a uh, financial perspective and from mm-hmm. setting a precedent that whenever a rumor starts that such and such person's a bad guy, you have to not allow him. But it, it really is their right to refuse service to anyone for any reason at, at casinos. They don't have to give a reason. The only thing they can't do is restrict people based upon uh, some sort of discrimination. They can't say, you can't come in our room because you're black, you can't come in your room, uh, room because you're a Jew but th- they, they can say we just don't like you and, and as long as there's no pattern showing discrimination based upon uh, race creed, color, etc um, then they can do that and they don't have to give a reason so they could tell these guys they're not lo- they're not welcome but uh, I don't know if it will happen uh, Dukowski says Muhammad has been seen playing in the Venetian, I don't know how recently but, uh, you know, hopefully they, they'll they be ostracized, at least from the community, and people will give them a hard time. I think they might be a little bit more afraid to give them a hard time than typical scammers in poker because of this banditos tie they have. And, you know, do you really want to be the one to go off on Samar Rahman or Mohammed Kassari in a poker room and get the satisfaction of doing it and then think, okay, well, you know, now are the banditos going to come after me? So... Uh, th- that's an- another thing people are...
2: It's scary stuff. Will Matt, now, you think, be ostracized publicly?
1: Yes, yes. I think, I don't think anyone's scared of Matt. He likes to talk about his connections to the, to the Italian mafia and all. I think that's all crap. I don't think he has any connections. I think he's just a rich kid who who likes to talk a lot. He always likes to make threats to people. In fact, I was, I'll, I'll tell you about a little, uh, tiff I had with him on Twitter. And, uh... Um, Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When I joked
2: about him never coming on the show again.
1: Right. So I was thinking of getting him on the show because he had agreed before to be on the show. This wasn't just like a a wild idea I had. When the whole Lauren Kling thing happened, I contacted him because we were actually in the same event in The Money, uh, the event 53 in the World Series, the uh, 1500 No Limit. We were both in The Money. This is when he was sending all his hairy asshole tweets about Lauren Kling. And I, I... interacted with him a little bit on Twitter, and then I uh, sent him a message, I think on Facebook, saying, would you like to come on my show and give your side of things? I wasn't on his side or anything, but I wanted to give him a voice, and I was going to offer Lauren Kling to have a voice too. Well, he agreed. He said, sure, I'll come on your show, but I can't because your show conflicts with an event I'm playing, which is true. Well, by the time the next week came around, which wasn't a conflict, he had already changed his mind and decided that uh, he felt bad for everything he wrote and he wasn't going to come on the show. Whatever understandable. But I had remembered that he was willing to come on my show. So I sent him a message on Facebook asking if he would like to come on and explain this whole thing. Now, Had he said no, I, I would have thought it's indicative of someone who's probably guilty and just doesn't want to talk. But I would have at least understood, but he didn't respond to me. He just gave me no answer. So I sent him a Twitter a tweet, a public tweet, when he was actively tweeting, saying, check Facebook. And what he wrote back to me on Twitter was, and I'll, I'll pull this up here and uh, read this uh, word for word, he said, where is, how did I lose this, here we are, why, this is in response to me telling him to check Twitter, Why? there is a 0% chance I am going on your radio show to build your popularity. That's a typical arrogance from him. That I'm getting him on to build my popularity. Now, that's something I've never cared about. Sure, I'd like people to find this show and find the show to be interesting, but I've never cared about my popularity in the poker room, which is why I've always been outspoken about things, and I've never cared who I piss off, and I never care about uh, saying things that get people angry. Because I just state my opinion, and that's it. And I've never cared about being one of the cool kids of poker. So my popularity, this is coming from an idiot kid who cares so much about his popularity and and really wants everyone to like and admire him and always wants to... It kind of sounds
2: like somebody put that idea in his head because between the first time you talked to him about it and this time, something changed.
1: Yeah, it could have been someone or it could have just been his his usual crazy mood swings. Anyway, I, I got angry at that response given that uh, he's acting, especially since he had said before he'd come on the show. So it's not like I just approached him out of nowhere. So I said to him, this is all public tweets, I said, I'm a 40-year-old family man, I don't give a shit about my popularity, learn that not everyone is an attention-whoring child. (laughs) Uh, and that went over well well actually I didn't see he didn't respond to me so I I guess uh, uh, and I said I wanted to give you a chance to explain your side of credible cheating accusations against you but I guess the guilty stay silent good luck with that lawsuit against 2 plus 2 by the way let me know how that works out for you so that was uh, that was my three tweets to him and he didn't respond I expected like a whole barrage where he's threatening to kick my ass and everything I didn't get that got nothing so uh this guy has a lot of problems that that goes without saying and I think this has really really trashed his reputation beyond repair where before there was like mixed feelings about him, where some people found him kind of like charmingly entertaining in an immature way Uh, now that it's come out with pretty credible evidence that he was cheating or trying to cheat with some of the biggest poker cheaters of all time that it looks really bad for him and I don't think he's going to recover from that. And uh, yeah, it's I think sad. I, th- I think it's a
2: sad situation. Yeah. He still seems to have a few quasi uh, fans, even among our listeners. I've I noticed a few people posting in the chat room that uh, they don't really think he's guilty of all the crimes he's accused of. So uh, maybe he can make a comeback, or maybe he can prove his innocence. But
3: um okay, so,
2: doesn't so, look good.
1: So we will uh, move on to another topic here. You know, Pooh actually wanted me to talk about this for three hours and said he'd donate $50 for <laughs> a free roll. <laughs> I don't think I, we hit the three hours. If, I,
2: if three I made it to three
1: hours, and uh, he was hoping for at least two. Well, you got about an hour and a half. So or maybe, no, actually about an hour. So uh,
2: so send one-third of
1: $50.
3: Yeah, yeah. Immediately. Yeah,
1: Pooh, you, uh, <laughs> you owe us $16.67. <laughs> so uh, if you, if you want to see more... Or pretty much a write up of this whole thing. Go to the scam scandals and shading this forum. But we're moving on for tonight. If anybody That's wants good, to call in, I've, by the oh way. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Call in. Uh, call. The number is 775 fraud55 or 775 372 8355.
1: Yeah. And uh, make sure to show your caller ID when you call into this show. So uh, your call will get through. Otherwise, you'll get like a busy signal because I have Skype configured to. Uh, only the calls through that show themselves. Just, I'm not collecting anyone's phone numbers. I actually, uh, as you've seen by me not being able to call the Templar when Brand is not around, I, I don't collect phone numbers. I call them and I throw them away. So uh,
2: I saved them all. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding.
1: <laughs> so anyway, let me let me tell you about the Templar here. I guess it's a natural point to move on. Speaking of scams, a much smaller time scam, the Templar who stole money from various people on the site. And by the way, it's saddening me that Kent Scaler has not called back. You know, I sent him an email today. And I said, uh, I said to call in. I told him the times, and he replied back, but uh, he hasn't called yet. So that may, that may have to be held over. And I have some good questions for him too. But anyway, getting back to the Templar, the Templar, as you know, uh, scammed people here uh, mainly through his uh, free roll—not free roll. He's a uh, poker league. That he was holding through Poker Fraud Alert and also through his uh, buy a piece, his BAP thing for uh, buying pieces of his action online. And I I had a thread that uh, people could post on to claim refunds. We have like a refund fund. Well, Raul Tomasi, one of our users here, came up with a smart idea and it worked on how to get his money back without resorting to this fund. And this fund is generally money that people donated in some way or another to refund to people that got ripped off. So this isn't the Templar's money, most of it. A little of it is, but most of it is not his money. Most of it is money given by other people that just want to help out. Well, Rolo Tomasi got 25 bucks directly from the Templar, and that's by going to PayPal, where he sent him 25 bucks for this league, and disputing it as as fraud. And he did it, and even though it's been some time since he sent him the 25 bucks, I think like two months or so, uh... PayPal upheld the dispute and sent him 25 bucks. So, Rollo got his 25 bucks back from the Templar through PayPal. And I encourage everybody to do that. I'm surprised I didn't think of that because someone actually scammed me on PayPal by making a bogus claim that I had scammed them. And after getting the merchandise I had sent them basically stole from me. So, and that was for over 200 bucks. Um... So, this wasn't anyone in poker, but I'm just saying on PayPal it's very easy to charge back, which is why I always say to people, if you ever send me money on PayPal for anything and charge back on me, you're banned from this site forever. Uh, No one's done that yet, and I'm I'm happy and I'm glad that our users here are honest for the most part. But uh, PayPal is very easy to charge back, and I suggest, even if it's been a while, if you sent the money to Templar for anything, even if it wasn't for this... If you can even charge back to him and then just donate the money here. Like, let's say you legitimately owed him $70 uh, three months ago for something, but you didn't get scammed by him. Go ahead and charge back anyway. And then if you win the charge back, ship the money to me and and I'll add it to the fund. It won't cost you anything. And it'll it'll help the community. So if you've ever sent him money on PayPal for any reason, charge back. And there's a good chance you'll win because Rolo Tomasi just won. And, and if you have any questions about it, ask Rollo Tomas or post about it on our site, and I'm sure that
3: you'll get a guide. Yeah, I was going to ask,
2: so. is it Rollo or Rallo? And would he call in and just let us know what he told PayPal? In other words, did they require a two-way conversation, um, or did they just take his word uh, and send it out, then uh, make a decision to uphold it without checking? I mean, how do they determine that what you're saying is true.
1: I, I don't know. They have some kind of dispute process, but from what I've noticed, is they're very quick to rule for the person making the complaint. I'll tell you a little story. Nothing to do with poker again, but uh, I uh, did something very Jewish. I sold. I sold. A, I sold <laughs> you. I sold a coupon. I actually sold a coupon. <laughs> okay, I'm not proud of it. Actually, I am yeah. proud of it. But uh, I actually sold a coupon on uh, on eBay. It's one of those things that was like not a real coupon. It was like a certificate for something.
3: Okay. And I had
1: no use for it, but it had some value of like 20 bucks or something, so I sold it. Well, the person who received it, I mailed it to them, and they received it, and I mailed it to the address attached to their PayPal and eBay account. Okay. They actually charged it back, not claiming I didn't send it to them. That would have been the smart thing to claim. They claimed that they never participated in this auction. That they, someone got in their account and won the auction. Well, oh, the problem, that's easy that, that that's ridiculous. Well, so, so like, okay, They're still if, responsible. Right, so the thing is, okay, if that's really true, then send me the merchandise back that I sent them. Like right. the, Because I, I sent it to the, their address on file, and they were admitting that was their address. So if I sent it to that address, then send it back to me. You can't have both. You can't say, someone won this item... Uh, on my behalf that I didn't want and I received it but uh, I'm not giving it back to you but I want my money back. Like You can't <laughs> do that. So anyway, would you believe PayPal actually ruled in their favor? So oh, I, w- no. I, w- I was so mad about this and I called up and complained and they said, yep, you're right, that's ridiculous and, and uh, out of their own pocket gave me the yeah. money. So out. they
2: don't always take it from the account of the accused. Sometimes they'll just refund the money. No, 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 themselves. no.
1: Well, sort of. No, They took it from me first, but then they gave it back to me out of their own pocket after they screwed up. Oh, I see. So, okay. But, like they, said, oh, but, but they, they don't
2: necessarily make the other person pay.
1: Yeah. So, the, so my point is here that they make awful rulings sometimes, and those awful rulings always yes. seem to be in favor of the people complaining, even if the complaints are very fraudulent looking, like the person I was just describing. So, what is actually going to benefit you? <laughs> and I'm playing this in my honor for selling coupons on eBay. I'm
2: playing a song in your own honor. Yes.
1: But, uh, <laughs> if you want to get uh, a chargeback against the Templar, the smartest thing to do is just dispute it no matter what. And I think there's a good chance you're going to win just because they like to rule for the complainer. So, that's my advice to you. And uh, Bubbles is claiming in our chat you have 45 days to submit that. But, you know, try it if it's been more. I don't know how long it had been for Rollo Tomasi, but uh, try it. See if it works. And uh, um, one step is saying PayPal will refund only if it refers to physical goods, not services. Well, that's not true. If that was
2: true, then Rollo would yeah, not have been I, able
1: to receive his y- refund. Right. So I mean, he, won. he he made it work. So let Rollo Tomasi guide you on how to do this. Yeah. And, um uh, definitely post if you're successful. I want to see as many people charge back to the Templar as possible whether he rolled them or not because uh, even, if, even if he didn't roll you charge back to him and then give it back to the community and then everybody can get paid back. So that's that's the little Templar update there. Uh, moving on to another scandal that I, I want to discuss. I won't take an hour on this one but I think it's something that's worth saying and I, I got contacted by a Russian this time not a Russian who was looking to leech off of our free roll but actually a seemingly honest Russian who was a victim of the site 888.com. And I I actually received this while I was on vacation. And uh, unfortunately, the guy contacted me, but has disappeared. So I'm going to try to reach him on 2 plus 2. I think he's still posting there. For some reason, I think he's not receiving my emails or whatever. But here's what he wrote to me on August 7th. Hello, or else I'll try to do a Russian accent here. Probably won't be good. Hello, can you give publicities? This is a problem. You can learn more information in this subject. I am a topic a starter. That's actually what he wrote. I, I am a topic a starter. So I can answer your questions. It will be if it will be necessary. That's actually pretty good. I can answer your questions if it'll be necessary. That part's fine. But can you give publicities? This problem, he said. But anyway, okay. this, this... His per- English isn't perfect. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to make fun of the guy. He, he was okay. he was legitimately the victim. But uh, his name yeah. is Slava, and Slava was uh, a victim of 888.com. I, I read the thread that he linked me to, and it seems very obvious to me that he got screwed. by, by And this is the
2: former Pacific poker. Yes, yes,
1: yes. So Americans can't play there, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to cover the scandals, because it's, you know, an online sure. poker scandal is an online poker scandal. And we have listeners all over the world. Uh <laughs> so, in, in April of 2012, he posted to 2plus2 a complaint that he got a message from Pacific Poker saying, uh, his name is uh, Vyacheslav, but I guess he just calls himself Slav. It was, his name in the email is Slav. But dear Vyacheslav, I am Francis V. from the Operations Department at Cassava Enterprises Limited, which I guess is 888.com. I, I'm contacting you in regards to your lucky ace poker dot Com account with username Lucky Shrocky. Well, I guess Lucky Ace Poker is a skin of 888. But he went on to say, Francis went on to say, we have become alerted to several patterns of play on your account that indicate a breach of our terms and conditions. We have conducted an investigation into your account to discover any signs of fraudulent activity. The patterns we are concerned with include members intentionally losing hands through our tables. So basically, he's being accused of chip dumping. So then he was asked to. Uh, that his account's been blocked and that uh, he should inform them of anything that uh, would make them change it. So he wrote back saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't done any kind of chip dumping or any kind of intentional losing. So he got back a letter saying, this is Natalie from the operations department at uh, Cassava Enterprises. Um, I've reviewed your account and also your game history. As previously explained to you, this is when one member intentionally loses to another member so money can be passed, you know, aka chip dumping. In your case, you have been the recipient of this process and received the funds from Lomlin. That's M A sorry, L A M L E N Lomlin. So they're saying that Lomlin dumped chips to him, and that's why his account's being closed and his money's being taken. So he's like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I, I barely remember Lomlin, I definitely wasn't getting chips dumped to me. So he went through his database of hand history and found he's only played twenty two hands against Lomlin. And he posted all 22 hands to 2 plus 2. All of them looked completely kosher. Didn't look like chip dumping at all. So he said this to them. He said, before he posted to 2 plus 2, he said, Look, this is crazy. I've only played 22 hands against the guy. All of them are totally standard. You know, explain this to me. What, what did I do wrong? I, I don't know this Lomlin. I, I played him 22 hands. That's it. Regular the poker hands. So they wrote back to him. Your account has been reviewed, and the decision has been made to keep your account closed. As previously explained to you, that member was intentionally losing to you so money could be passed. Using right. our tables to transfer money is strictly against our terms and conditions and will not be tolerated. Therefore, as you have violated our terms and conditions, the decision has been made to close your account. Uh, and uh, so they would not explain. money was in his account? Um, that I'm not sure about, but, but something substantial. I don't think it was but huge. See, it there's
2: said. a 2 plus 2 thread. I'm going to take a look as you continue and see yeah. if I can so, find uh, out how much they're stealing from him.
1: So so he then complained to uh, eCogra, E C O G R A, which is the e commerce and online, gam- online gaming regulation and assurance group, which is a really pathetic watchdog organization that's started by 888.com. So you know who they're going to side with. Well, this is even worse than he expected. He expected eCogra to back 888.com's lame assertion that uh, he was receiving dump chips from Lomlin, but no, he got this reply: "Dear sir, this is from eCogra. Dear sir, we have investigated your query with 888.com and made the following findings: Your account was closed for suspected chip dumping. The dumper was identified as username Bertrnor." A different user? Yes. Name Bernard... (laughs) Then they gave the the poor guy his name, dude. Name Bernard Smolsky, Country Canada. So, (laughs) so they... ECOGRA, who's the
3: Online Gaming
1: and Regulation and Assurance Group, that's supposedly watching over 88.com, investigated his complaint and said, yeah, they're right, Uh, you were dumped to by Birchmore. And he's like, "Wait a minute!" But they're saying it was Lomlin. <laughs> Which what, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's unbelievable. They didn't even get it, get the name right. So now, um, yeah, wait.
2: This Ecogra organization was. You said they they were started
1: by the poker site. Yeah, they were started by Eight 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 Dot Com.
2: Aren't they supposed to use a completely a third party that has no stake?
1: I, I don't know if if that's actually. I'm not sure what Ecogra's. I don't know if they're their licensor or, or just some kind of organization that oversees them that they claim oversees them or something. I, I'm not. I didn't look into what Ecogra does. I just know that they were started by 888.com, and that uh, and that this happened when he complained. You know, they're supposed to be the organization you complain to if 888 screws you that is going to review it, and this is what happened. Well, uh, so then nothing happened from there. He is. This happened in late April. Since then, it's been four months. He's been unable to get any kind of satisfaction. It's just been... uh, He's been ignored. Now, what's even worse is on 2 Plus 2, where this whole uh, thread occurred and where he was uh, calling them out for this, Uh, 2 Plus 2 actually has a rep on the site for 888.com. And you would think the guy would show up there and clear this up. This guy is avoiding the thread like the plague. And to think maybe he's just not reading 2 Plus 2... This guy actually handled a different situation that was much simpler, much easier to solve, of a similar matter. Uh, This was posted on uh, August 7th, so a much more recent situation. A guy named EMM4Z said... uh, um, I opened up an account with 888 a couple of weeks ago. I played poker for a few years. Now I consider myself a reasonable player. I deposited $15 and worked my way up to the double or nothing tables until I have made $600. I decided to cash some of this money out to my bank account the following day I got this email. Um, Francis V. again. Hi, I'm Francis V. from the operations department at Cassava Enterprises. <laughs> uh, there's been We've become alerted to several patterns of play upon your account that indicates a breach of our terms and conditions. We have conducted an investigation into your account to discover any signs of fraudulent activity. The patterns we are concerned with include the sharing of information between players as a method of gaining unfair advantage over our members. They're basically collusion. Anyway, uh, they closed his account. <laughs> and that
2: sounds like a huge racket. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so they closed his account, and he brought it to 2 plus 2. Well, somehow on this one, the 888 rep decided to respond, even though this is August 7th. Uh, the other one has been going on since late April. The account 888 rep, which is a, a legitimate account, it's been verified as an actual 888 poker site representative. Uh, he decided to answer this one. He said, "Hello, one. You are more than welcome to contact me directly or post here any additional information you'd like me to forward." to 888 review. Two, we have been paying extra attention. We're actually getting very helpful feedback and information on members from 2plus2 regarding player dynamics at our tables. I I don't know what that even means. Anyway, after some more uh, complaining here, this was the brilliant conclusion that the 888 rep came to. Update. This was posted on August 8th. One, the email the member has received is not correct. It's the wrong communication template. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> and two, I have sent the member an email via 2 plus 2 notifying the current status he is more than welcome to share. So basically the guy came out and said, okay, they've reopened my account. It's solved. But uh, I don't believe for a second he got the wrong email template. And, you know, if it, if it was the wrong email template, how does his account get closed? Uh, it's, not, it's not like they were trying to send him a message saying, uh, um, hi, you've just qualified for this bonus. And they accidentally sent him a, a message that his account's been closed. His account was closed. So... Uh, Jack, I was
2: able to find out how much money the first guy has tied up there. It's um, $5,361. Okay, I
1: I thought it was something like that. Um, Yeah, okay, very good. I'm glad you found that. So, uh, anyway, this is very concerning that 888 is doing this because basically they are trying to find reasons to shut down people's accounts. And it's now being theorized that what 888 is doing is when someone shows up and goes on a big heater. That they find an excuse to take the money and call it cheating. So if someone like this M4Z shows up and wins a lot of money, you know, runs fifteen bucks into over six hundred in a short time, they say, "Up, oh, must be cheating. Can't run up money that fast." Okay, we're taking it. In this guy's case, um, he he you know he was a winning player also, and uh, they decided you know that he won too fast and made up a chip dumping accusation. I know how this feels, because I was a victim of this, not on 888, where I haven't been able to play for six years, but uh, on Cake Poker in 2007, I was accused of collusion in a th- three-handed game with me, another pro, and a major fish who had just won like a one of their little jackpot contests there. It wasn't a jackpot hand, but it was like a, a contest to... Um, get certain special cards and you get $75,000. So the guy who won it was a complete donk and dumped it off in a 5100 game against me and one other pro. I got most of the money. The guy complained that the two of us were colluding against him. And even there was, even though there was not the slightest bit of evidence that we were colluding, Cake Poker froze both of our accounts and said we're never getting our money back. And I was about to make a huge deal about this, but uh, I actually got them to back down and open both of our accounts again and admit that they were wrong. Uh, And they would not send me one hand showing how I colluded. I said, okay, if I colluded, send me the hands, show me your proof, and I'll post it to 2plus2 and we'll ask the community what they think if I was colluding. Because I wasn't colluding at all. This guy just sucked. And uh, anyway, I know how it feels. There's a
2: fine line between collusion and sucking, John. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I I knew how it feels. You know, I know how it feels when when you get wrongfully accused uh, of winning money dishonestly when you were just playing a completely honest poker game and ran well or played against a lousy opponent, and then they don't want to give you answers. And this, yeah, poor, guy, infuriating. this poor guy has been at this since April and can't get an answer. So uh, if you play on 888.com, be very careful. I, I wouldn't continue playing there until this type of stuff stops. i and take my money and run. Yeah, and in fact, after you take the money off, after you successfully get it off, I would email them and say, hey... If you want to know why I stopped playing, this is why. Go read this thread. You you guys won't address this, and this guy looks innocent. He posted all the hands for us to see, and you won't open his account. You won't give him access to his $5,000. In
2: fact, that's the only way to hold these poker rooms accountable for stuff like this. The community who plays there has to stand up and and do something. But I doubt anybody will um, go to that that length if they're making money there.
1: Well, yeah. Some people have been – some people have been – quitting the site as a result of this thread on 2 plus 2 and I applaud them for that and you know I have to tell you guys if you play on 888 and you don't quit and say well it hasn't happened to me yet when it does happen to you I hope you don't complain because I remember people who were playing on absolute poker after the scandal and UB after the scandal and then all of a sudden Black Friday happens and they can't get their money and some people were out hundreds of thousands of dollars and saying woe is me you know how this happened. wow this sucks and I'm like no you knew what they were and you continued playing there. And in fact, you were continuing to patronize a site that had brazenly cheated the community and you were keeping this site active. You were keeping the games active. You were acting as like an unpaid prop. I don't care if you make money there. You're, you're keeping the games alive by sitting there all day waiting for people to sit with you and, and starting games. You're helping the site continue doing business. So if they eventually screw you, you deserve it. And, uh, and
2: especially for Europeans, it's not like 888 is the only site they have to choose from. Right,
1: right. So um, really watch out, because at any point, if you run well on 888, they can take your money and make up these stories and just refuse to answer you. So I, I, the community should really get behind people like this Slava this guy. And I'll try to get him on here. I'm going to try to contact him in some other ways. I, he came to me. I'm, I'm not bugging him. He came to me and said, give some publicities to this. Okay, here's your publicities, Slava. And you got screwed here, and I agree. And I'd love to have you on here uh, explain for yourself if you'd like what happened. But, you know, if you don't come on here, I I felt this was uh, something worth talking about and seeing. Anyway, uh, that's... If nothing
2: else, just to hear your Russian accent.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if he ever comes on here, I'm going to have him ask me for the password to the free roll.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Then we can use that as a soundbite. Yeah,
1: that'll be the first order of business. So... uh, Anyway, he won't even know why. I'll say, hey, just before we begin this, can you say, can you give me password to free roll? I, I am a good user. <laughs> long okay. time. Yeah, I'm a long time good user. Okay. So, the um, U.S. Department of Justice is taking applications for a job. Not just any U.S. Department of Justice office, but the U.S. Department of Justice, in the Southern District of New York, US I ad- smell
2: a 9-to-5 in your future.
1: Yeah, the U.S. Attorney's Office, <laughs> and I have applied for the job. I'm not kidding. But, I,
2: what, I, do they require some sort of degree or background in finance? Or?
1: You know, I, I, they probably do, but I, I, I have a degree. It's not in finance, but uh, um, I, I have applied for the job, and uh, I'm probably not going to get it. I'll be honest about that. But why would I ever want to work <laughs> for the office that was responsible for Black Friday and responsible for busting NetTeller and Party Poker and everything else. Why would I ever want to help that office? Well, that office... That, yeah, that office is hiring people or not people, one person to be the claims manager for the full tilt refunds. They, they actually are looking for someone. They have a posting on their own website that uh, you can apply for this job by August 31st, which I have done. And you can actually apply for this. Here's the position. I'm going to read this here. It says, In connection with its criminal and civil enforcement efforts, the United States Attorney's Office occasionally selects or participates in a selection of monitors, receivers, special masters, are they talking about Ken Scaler here? Uh, and claims administrators and similar appointments. In some instances, depending on the circumstances and exigencies of the case, the U.S. Attorney's Office will solicit application for such positions. Cases, if any, in which we are cu- currently soliciting applications are listed below. Now, before I continue here, I do have to move. So, uh, um, It's time
2: for the move. So this if, would if, if, be if, a if, good time for a commercial.
1: <laughs>
3: <if> it, <laughs> no,
1: I'm going to talk as I'm moving. just If it cuts out, um, just wait a second and it'll come back. But I think it should stay. This is my guess. I think we're going to stay in good shape. Okay. Uh, is it, is Famous last words. Well, I, yeah, I hope so. It's kind, of, it's kind of like I'll be right back in a horror movie. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. I can hear you. Oh, yo, okay. <laughs> yes, you're good. You're scaring me here.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I just tried to put a little little scare into you. Ah, I geez. think it's fine. Okay,
1: okay. so um, I, have, I have pulled the plug, and, and now what I'm going to do is uh, move to a different location in the secret location. Hopefully, I won't bump my sound card in the process, and I will continue in a second.
2: Are you still at a secret location?
1: Well, sure, uh, is uh, even uh, your own home, a secret location. Well, uh, yeah, even my uh, even the places I'm usually at are a secret location. But uh, <laughs> not a secret. And that's what so the
2: biker gang can't find. Him.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's, it's all going to pay off to the end because the banditos are going to go. Damn it! We're going to shoot this guy. And like, wait a minute, where is he? I don't know. It's a secret location.
3: We can't find him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they'll probably kill another Todd Witellis, who, who's not in <laughs> a secret location. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, God. <laughs> just, yeah, if I find out that uh, another Todd Witellis has been murdered, you you won't hear from me again. I'll say that.
2: <laughs> Wait, PFA will, will disappear. So yeah, everything
1: seems to disappear if that happens. <laughs> but uh, um, No, unfortunately, there's not another Todd Witellis in the world. So oh, if, really? If, yeah, if you read about a Todd Witellis getting murdered, it's me. Yeah. No. And since I'm a Jew, I can't name my son Todd Buteles. So. Well,
2: what does that have to be do with being Jewish?
1: Well, you know, Jews aren't supposed to name. Uh, you're not supposed to have a Todd the II. You're not supposed to name relatives after living relatives. Only only after they die.
2: And I did not know that. No, you didn't know so that. Okay. No, thank you for well, educating me.
1: Yeah. About so, the people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you no, know, in, in the Jewish religion, if you do that, it's like you're. Uh, you're wishing the older person to die. So, you're only oh. supposed to name them after the person has uh, has passed away. So, you know, once I'm dead, then they can name other people Todd us but uh, not before then. Anyway.
2: So, okay, it's possible that a great-grandchild of yours could be Todd Wotellis. Right, right. Okay.
1: I, I, I hope I at least live to see grandchildren. I, I, I probably won't get to see great-grandchildren just because of the age I was when uh, my first child was born. But uh, grandchildren, I, I hope to see. Anyway. But not, not too soon. <laughs> not, not too soon. I, I don't th- I don't think it's physically possible right now. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, claims administrator, full tilt poker is the name of the job. There's a, a real job that you can apply for from the U.S. Department of Justice. Claims administrator, full tilt poker. The government is soliciting applications from qualified persons to serve as claims administrator in connection with the remission to U.S. victims of funds forfeited versus... Uh, via uh, via court approved settlements in the United States versus Poker Stars et al. At present, the government estimates there's approximately 1.3 million potential U.S. victims, including you and I, and that approximately $159 million of forfeited funds less expenses of administration, which is interesting that uh, we may not get our whole balance back. They're going to take away expenses of administration which is a joke, but uh, that's a separate topic of discussion, is immediately available for distribution via the remission process. In consultation with the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York and the Asset Forfeiture and Money Laundering Section of the United States Department of Justice, the claims administrator will design and execute a process to solicit, receive, and evaluate claims and to process payments for losses incurred by U.S. victims that are attributable to fraud alleged in the above complaint. In so doing, the claims administrator will obtain and evaluate information such as financial transaction records from claimants and analyze information contained in user account records provided in database and other format by Full Tilt Poker. Interested parties may submit an application by August 31st, 2012 to Sharon Levin, Chief of the Asset for- Forfeiture Unit of the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, and then uh, gives her email address. So, Basically, what they're saying is they want someone to be in charge of the process of sending back the money to Full Tilt players from the U.S., and that you will do so by analyzing what's in the databases of Full Tilt as far as the user account records and uh, and, and other things that Full Tilt has, that you're just going to go through everything Full Tilt has and figure out who's going to get what. That's basically the job, and you're going to be overseeing What's them.
2: the salary for this position?
1: But it doesn't say. But uh,
2: interesting
1: yeah but uh, I think you're just supposed to do it for the love of the game I, I don't know I so it, it's being theorized that they're probably going to hire like a forensic accounting firm and this is just some formality to post the job for everyone but you know what the hell I'm applying for it probably. anyway and you don't uh, have
2: any forensic accounting experience do you? I, I don't and it's,
1: what, what I've done here I, you know I'm claiming that did you
2: provide a resume
1: yeah well I, I'm, I'm I, Claiming that my the way I'm selling myself here is that I have a lot of experience in the field of online poker, that I know basically everything about it and the whole payment processing aspect, and that uh, that I'll be able to best understand this, uh, having this knowledge, than than you know the average person who who just undertakes this without really knowing the whole industry. And that but I'm I curious.
2: Had, did you actually submit a full-blown resume, or did you just include this information like in a cover letter?
1: I did both. So, uh, so you know, we'll see about. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get this job, but uh, <laughs> I, I decided, what the hell, I'll try. You never know. Like, well, what if I have to? I also, you know, mentioned about my anti-cheating activism and that I've been, you know, very much on the forefront of of uh, investigating other cheating situations and, you know. Maybe they'll be impressed by it. Maybe they'll say, okay, we'll appoint someone from the community to do it. That's my hope, like the the off chance that they want to appoint someone from the poker community uh, who's at least a little bit known to do it rather than just some total unknown forensic accounting firm that doesn't really understand poker or online poker or those shady payment processes or anything like that. So I, I, I could really do a good job. I guarantee if you gave me the Full Tilt database to analyze and gave me all the records, even if the records weren't very good. I I could do as good of a job as anyone at coming up with a fair refund for everybody.
2: But that sounds like a huge job. I mean, you would need a full staff. You couldn't just do that on your own.
1: Uh, That's a good point. Uh, That's probably why they'll hire a firm. But it's just an administrator, though. It didn't say I have to do the whole thing myself. Like, I could... Maybe they'll give me the staff. They'll
2: provide you with an administrative staff, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, but like, I, I could direct this to be done... And I, I could do the job perfectly, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I really could. Wouldn't that be a coup? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, how much would this piss everybody off who doesn't like me though? That has to ask me for the full tilt refund. <laughs>
2: oh my God. But that could also, also be a reason
1: they don't hire me to like be afraid that uh, you know maybe I don't like certain people in poker and won't be fair. Which wouldn't be you know I, I, as as hard as, <laughs> yeah, me, <laughs> as hard as it would be for me. As hard as it would be for me, I promise that if I saw someone's name who I absolutely hated, I would not screw them. I would give them the correct refund.
2: And yeah, you, be, I believe that
1: I, I would also be violating federal law by by not doing it. But <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, I would really be uh, honest about it. So anyway, uh, I will uh, I will try to you keep
2: us updated on the yeah, hiring. Yeah, I can definitely
1: keep you updated. I probably won't get hired, but what the hell? Yeah.
2: At least if you could get an interview, it would be good radio.
1: You know, I hope that they don't hear some of these shows, like we we're, we're interviewing porn stars, <laughs> right? I don't think it's going to help my case to uh, become the full tilt. To uh, be associated with ministry. porn. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that's that's going on. and you, you can apply or anybody can apply who, who wants that job, and I, I don't know what it will be paid, but I the reason I would do it is I, I just think it would be cool to be part of the full tilt repayment process, and I'd feel good that it was done right. Like I, I do worry that the person they're going to appoint is not going to do it correctly. So, like, I know if I was appointed, I would do it correctly, and I, I would be doing a service for poker. Would uh, you
2: give MWH back his money?
1: I'd even give it to him. I knew, you'd, oh, I knew somebody would ask that. I <laughs> would even <laughs> give it to MWH. I'd, I, anybody who asked for their money, no matter who they were, I, I would treat them all the same, and, and I would do it honestly and fairly. But uh, I, I would love to be that, even, even if it was some hard work for a while. It, it, I wouldn't want to take a permanent job being a claims administrator, but uh, as, like, a one-time job... It's something so significant for poker. Uh, it's something I know I could do well. Uh, I would love to take that type of job. So, anyway.
2: Can you provide our listeners with the link at some point so they can uh, view the job ad?
1: It's it's Actually, I started a thread in the Flying Stupidity Forum about that. Okay. So they, okay. Can, they can view it, and uh, they can apply, too, and compete with me. I'm not, uh, I'm not hogging this all for myself. And, uh, <laughs> believe it or there's not. There's no I, exclusivity for this. Yeah. I, I, think, I, right. I think I even posted it before 2plus2 posted it. I know there's a thread up there about it, too. Uh, Anyway, uh, another, uh, I I shouldn't say fraud thing, this isn't really fraud, it's just uh, inefficient payouts. Lock poker and cake poker are having problems again, this time with payouts, and I don't think these are intentional problems, I I don't think they want to have these problems, but they are just not doing a good job, and I think people should know about this. Uh, A good report was released by Poker Affiliate Solutions, and... They gave letter grades to various sites that as far as, uh, you know, ones that are for U.S. players, how good they are at cashing out. I guess they, they had this uh, article last month as well. So they had last month's grade and this month's grade from A to F. At the top, America's Card Room or True Poker, you know, either one, uh, they got A-, minus, which is the top grade this month, and A last month that... Uh, they're very happy with the cash-out speeds over there. It has got a little bit slower, but uh, still doing pretty well, considering post-Black Friday. InterTops, which doesn't accept U.S. players anymore, but continues to let U.S. players play there. This is on the uh, Revolution Gaming Network, which Cake and Locke are part of. They, they got an A-, down from an A. Uh, Merge, the biggest network for U.S. players, has a B plus, same as last month. Red Star Poker, which I think is part of the Revolution Network, got a B plus. Bodog, also known as Bovada, got a B. They're actually up from uh, a C-plus last month. That uh, um, Their withdrawal speeds have improved, and uh, they're feeling pretty good about uh, Bovada. Which Bodog Bovada, they've always been pretty good with cash outs. That's something they've always thrived at, even though they've had a lot of other problems. Um, that's something they've always done well. Lock Poker, though. Same as last month, C. I'm going to focus on them, and with Cake Poker, it's even worse. Lock Poker, who now is also on the Revolution Network, in fact, they, they're now the flagship. They bought it from Cake. Now they're the flagship site on the network. And uh, in addition to the complaints about support, here's the cash out situation. Um, you can get a Western Union type transfer in 7 to 10 days, which doesn't sound bad, but. fee. Wow. It's pretty brutal. So most people don't want to do that. Now, if you want a check, you don't have that. Not even a flat fee, 10%. 10% is awful. So if it's large, you don't want to do that for sure. Um, Checks are $25 each, and they arrive in four to seven weeks, which is already kind of lousy. But what makes it worse is that they arrive from a foreign bank. Now, let me explain what I mean by a foreign bank. When you get a check from a bank that's not based in the U.S., it goes through a process called collections if you want to deposit it into a U.S. bank account. Collections is basically making sure that the check is legitimate and that it clears, and it's a lot harder to do that for a foreign bank than a U.S. bank. Now. So even
2: once you receive the checks, you waited the four to seven weeks. Now you have to wait while your bank uh, identifies the sender and makes sure that the funds are there.
1: Yes, and uh, so let me tell you what most of the sites were doing in the past with their checks, because a lot of times people got checks from foreign banks, but it, you didn't have this collections process. I'll explain why. A lot of these payment processors, would they would come from foreign banks, but they would have some affiliation or backing from a U.S. bank. So, for example, this one poker network I used to play on sent me checks from a foreign bank, but were payable through Citibank, it said. Uh, what that basically meant is that Citibank was backing it, and that if you had... So a those c-
2: were clear pretty quickly.
1: Well, if you had a Citibank account, oh, they I would see. be instant. Uh, anywhere else, put them through collections. And that's when I first learned about collections, where I tried to deposit it to Washington Mutual and Washington Mutual said this will be uh, six to ten weeks. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, wow, so that the, long? Yeah, so then I went to Bank of America, and they told me six to eight weeks. I'm like, okay, you got to be kidding me. So, so I went to Citibank and opened an account just so I could deposit these checks. Now, not all checks have this problem. Some of them um, if, are not, I, I don't know what makes them decide this, but some of them are actually not put on collections at all if they are backed by a U.S. bank. Some of them are, some of them aren't. But if they're not backed by a U.S. bank, and it's just a typical foreign check, if you just get a, a check from the bank of something in Germany or whatever, uh, they will put that in collections just about all the time. The few times they won't will be if the check is really small, or if your account is so trusted at that bank that uh, basically they're, they know you'll make good on it. Like, let's say you have like a million dollar account there that's been there for a long time. If you deposit a $3,000 check from uh, from one of these foreign banks, they'll probably give you credit instantly, figuring you'll be good for it if it bounces somehow. But it, I guess a courtesy to you. But for most people who don't have a million dollars in the bank, uh, you put it in a $3,000 foreign check, and you will go through this collection process, which will last typically from two weeks to ten weeks. So that's a, a, a large additional weight, even in the best-case scenario of two weeks, and from what I'm reading, most people are waiting about a month. So so this four to seven weeks, you have to add on to it another month or more for until you really get your, your money. So people are very unhappy right now about that situation with Lock Poker, that uh, they, you don't want to do a Western Union for any appreciable money because of that 10% fee, and then the checks take four to seven weeks, and then you have to wait for it to go through collections. And and this used to be something that they just avoided like the plague. I mean, people just did not get foreign checks for the most part from poker sites because they didn't want people to go through this collections crap. It's very demoralizing to get a check after waiting and then have to wait another two months until you you actually get the money. So they would always have it backed by a bank like Citibank or something to prevent this. But Locke is not doing that now for whatever reason. Now, even worse than Locke is Cake Poker, who has a D-minus, and that's because, as the, as was the situation last year, the checks are taking four to five months to arrive.
2: Is D-minus the lowest you can get, or can you get an F?
1: I, I assume an F is probably if they're just not paying at all. But uh, it takes four to five months, and I can vouch for this. Last year, I got a check from Cake, and it took about four and a half months. And it was a good check once I got it, but it really took like four and a half months to get that's crazy. And uh, it says the checks may be requested up to $3,000. So the amazing thing is, let's say let's say you have 50000 on Cake. You'll have to do this in $3,000 increments every four to five months. You'll never get the money off. So Cake is a freaking disaster. First, they had to sell their own network to Lock. And, and that still didn't uh, help their processing. With uh, And they, they have to be able to do better than this. I think Cake is having these problems just because they don't have the money. And this is a good excuse. So anyway, definitely stay off Cake. It, it, I mean, who, unless you want to wait five months to get paid. But Lock Poker, they just haven't gotten it together since they s- bought that Cake Network. They've just gotten worse. Uh, they did some shady things in the past on Merge, but at least they were making their cash outs fairly well. Now, now they're did, just. Do quite a
2: few of our listeners still play on Cake? Is that a popular site these
1: days? I don't think so. But uh, if you do play there, don't. <laughs> There's really no upside to it. Just to wait four to four to five months to get your money is a joke. And and lock poker. You know, I've always said be aware of them. And uh, yeah, their cash outs are just a disaster right now too. Not quite as bad as Cake, but still pretty bad. And uh, and then their support has just uh, been absolutely terrible. So not a good situation there. Um, and of course, Bovada the problem there. Uh, they're fine for sports betting, but uh, for poker you can't see who you're playing against, which really opens up the possibility to be cheated. So, if you want to play online poker still, I would stick to either America's Card Room or Merge. Though I guess this Red Star Poker, if it's really, uh, it's open to U.S. players just recently. If it's on the Revolution Network, then uh, I guess you could play there too, because they're, uh, Pretty well rated, at least so far. Though I'm not familiar with them, so, you know, who knows how long they'll be around. So, China uh,
2: says Intertops is the way to go on the Cake Network.
1: But you can't get on as a new player as if have, they've right, stopped taking U.S. players. Right, they have US to players. be grandfathered yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's why I didn't mention that. But yeah, they uh, they had a good reputation, too. And they've been around forever. I used to make little sports bets on Intertops in the 90s. So, <clears throat> that's the situation there. Uh Let's see what else we have on the agenda. You want, you want to do the Ask vowel segment now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We can do that. Um, I had collected um, a series of different emails, um, communications via Skype, as well as PMs that I've received, just the interesting ones. I mean, some of them obviously are – Uh, Interesting only to the sender, Um, but I have a couple of questions that I thought might be uh, exciting to the listeners, and you guys can also call in at this point and ask questions live. The number is 775-372-8355. So the first question that I'm going to address was posted just today um, in the Ask Bells thread, and this is from uh, forum member Pooh. P O O H like the like the the bear not like the poop. Um, he asks, Dear "Gervais, did you feel the same way about the mortgage contract you signed with the bank uh, that you walked away from?" He's referring to the fact that uh, just this last year I short sold my home. Uh, as Brian mykon, felt about the contract he signed with Jeff regarding the future of Donk Down, that it was not (laughs) a valid contract. (laughs) If so, which part of your contract with the bank was not valid? I'd especially like to know which part said that if your house decreases in value, it is fine to give the bank the house back, Uh, which I did not do. I think he might be thinking that I went to foreclosure, but I did not. Um, and then was my con's wife your attorney if you answered yes to this? so um, Well, Pooh, I, I think there may be a misunderstanding on your part about what occurred. I'm going to address this because I think a lot of people were in the same boat um, and did end up having to walk away from their homes uh, or do a short, short sale. The answer to me is just... Pretty simple. Um, when the housing market was booming, lots of people were advised by brokers and agents to purchase homes based on a few factors, but the primary one being the appreciation anticipated, the future value of, of the investment. Buying a home used to be an investment. I don't know how people view it now, but when the market crashed, lots of people responded in much the same way that a corporation would when its an investments fail. You know, you sell off the failed investments and you invest that money elsewhere, whatever you have left keep the company afloat and keep yourself in the black. Um, I don't think it's fair to expect working families to accept those kind of losses, but to just give corporations a pass. It's the American way. You are trying to make a profit and make a living for yourself, and uh, you can't afford to take a loss like that. Basically, uh, investments fail for a lot of reasons, and I'm not going to you know, go on and on about why the housing market crashed. I think a lot of people could uh, give you their theories, but the bottom line is that um, the economy being in the tank is, you know, it's the net result of a lot of complex factors. You you can't blame it on families who short-sold their homes. That's a very simplistic accusation. What do you think, Todd?
1: Well, I'll give you my opinion on this. I I think I've posted about it before, but this is really how I feel. Um, People have asked me, do you feel sorry for the people who bought homes that they, they couldn't afford or, or could afford at the time and then could no longer afford and lost their homes? And, or do you feel sorry for the banks who, who lost money in, in, in the situation? And uh, I said, I feel sorry for neither. I, I feel that uh, these were business arrangements and that uh, each party took risks. And when you take risks, you can win or you can lose, just like in poker. In poker, every time you sit at the table... Uh, you're not going to win, and even if you think you're going to win or you sit in the game where it looks like a good situation and you lose, then you lose, and that's, that's tough luck, and I, I don't think anyone's entitled to being bailed out or helped out, and that's why when I was hearing that uh, you know, assistance will be given to people to keep their homes, blah, 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 I didn't support that because I, I don't think it's fair that people get to make investments, and if they work out, that they get to make money from, it, if they don't, the government pays to keep them in their house. On the other hand, I don't feel bad for the banks here, and if uh, in situations where people can't afford uh, to keep their mortgage payments up, uh, you know, either from losing their job or from uh, whatever the factor is, and that they were given a loan that they probably wouldn't have been given if the banks hadn't been so aggressive with this, the banks didn't do this out of the goodness of their heart the banks were doing this to make money the banks were giving these loans under flimsy pretenses figuring that with the market going up 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 there's no way they can lose They either they get the house or, they, uh, or the people keep making their mortgage payments. They, that they...
2: And it should be mentioned that the banks also carry insurance against these losses, so even in cases where homes are short-sold and or foreclosed upon, the banks still make their money back. Yeah, so they, they don't come out with the losses that I think Poo is uh, assuming here.
1: So, so what I'm saying here is that people, um, if you make, you sign a contract with a the bank, and they give you a loan, even if it's one you don't really deserve or shouldn't have gotten, if they give it to you, unless you misrepresented yourself, which, which isn't really the case in almost all of these, if they gave it to you kn- full, knowing full well what they were doing, and you knew full well what you were doing, and you 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 know signed this contract and then it doesn't work out, and you end up losing your home, and the bank ends up losing money, well, tough luck to both parties. I don't feel that the person who had to walk away from their home and, and do a short sale... I don't think that they should feel guilty or feel like they screwed the bank or or that they're responsible for the economy collapsing. I don't agree with that statement. And and, and I don't think that uh, these people were screwed by the bank either. I think that both parties ended up with a – they were in a contract together. It didn't work out, and they both ended up with an unfortunate situation, as can happen in any business arrangement. And if the short sale is the best way to minimize the losses on both sides, which is why the banks are doing it, then fine, and that, that's, that's the way to mitigate the damage, and that's it. And, and I don't see this as uh, you know, the homeowner stealing or the homeowner free-rolling the bank. The bank went into this knowing that this could happen. They just thought it wasn't likely, and they were wrong.
2: But, so. I just think it's interesting because I don't see Pooh or those who agree with him accusing corporations or companies of wrongdoing when they divest themselves of bad investments
3: yeah well
1: you know this was this was a case of of greed on both ends in a lot of cases. People wanted to get into houses the best that they could you know everybody wants to be in a nice house, everybody wants to be in as nice a house as possible. And uh, if the bank's willing to loan you the money for it, it's very easy to say yes if they're going to give you the money. And especially if you don't have um, a background in, in any kind of financial uh, aspect, if you don't, uh, if you are not as good as, as, the bank is, as the bank is of determining whether you'll be able to make the payments, it's easy to believe that the experts there know what they're talking about. And if they're willing to give you the loan, that's probably a wise thing to do. So I'm not saying the banks tricked people, but I'm saying that the banks were very aggressive with doing this because the banks thought with the way the market was that it was a free roll. Now, I, I thought this was a fl- I mean, I mean,
2: I do feel that the game was rigged, as Bobby Orr points out. And it, I don't know if we can point the finger specifically at the banks, but certainly there were people who did rig this game. And, uh, you know, Values were escalated beyond uh, what they ever should have been. And bad loans were being written. Now, in my case, it was a a very modest loan in a very modest home uh, that really did match my salary. So I don't, I hate to get lumped in with people, like you say, who out of greed tried to get themselves into a a mini mansion that they really couldn't afford. That was not my case. Um, But I do agree with you, Todd, that uh, it's, it's just a business deal, and when business deals go bad, uh, people should be able to cut their losses, sell, and move on to something else. You know, you, your support of your family is just like your little mini company, and you have to make sure that uh, what you're paying for in your investments uh, match the needs of your family. If you don't, God, you're a bad parent, aren't you?
3: Well, it, look,
1: with, with the, whenever you're dealing with large corporations especially, you don't have a personal relationship with them, so you should never... Uh, Feel bad when, as long as you didn't do anything illegal, or uh, you right, right. You by feel any legal if, means necessary. Yeah, you shouldn't feel bad if if you do whatever you need to do to uh, um, benefit personally. As again, as long as you're not cheating them, uh, but uh, because they'll do the same thing to you. Their their relationship with you is only for money, and your relationship with them is only for money. And it, there's there's no personal aspect. It's not like you think, oh man, my friends are going to suffer because of uh, me not being able to pay back and you have this personal connection with them. It's not like this. There's no personal connection on either side. They don't feel bad for you if if it doesn't work out for you and you suffer. And it should be the same way. You should never feel bad for big corporations. I'm not saying you should cheat them. You shouldn't. You should act honestly. But you shouldn't feel bad for them because they're not going to feel bad for you. And uh, it's strictly a business thing. And that's what these short sales are. And uh, and again, I don't feel sorry for people who, uh, I don't feel sorry for either side. I, I feel that uh, they attempted to make an investment, it didn't work out, and that's it. And uh, I don't think people should be bailed out by the government to keep their homes, but I don't feel that the banks should get bailed out, and I don't feel that the banks were victims in any but way. But
2: unfortunately, the banks were
1: bailed out. <laughs> I, well, I yeah. didn't agree with that, but uh, <laughs> it was yeah. my decision. But uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, in general, people just need to, take consequences for their actions, and, uh, you know, if, if you make an investment and it fails, it's just like going to a poker game and buying in and losing. You just lose the money and it's done, and that's the way everything, I think, should be for both corporations and for individuals, uh, But and, and there should not be anything of, like what Pooh was saying about feeling guilt or thinking that you, you screwed the bank on the contract. No, you didn't, and that's I, I don't agree Thank with you. what he said there. So
2: Thank you. So, um, the next Dear Val's question is uh, more of a sexual question, and... Um, I'm I'm going to ask you to chime in, but obviously you don't have to uh, talk about your own personal sexual relationship because I know you don't feel comfortable doing that. But um, this is an anonymous letter, uh, or the the person wishes to remain anonymous. He says, my girlfriend feels self-conscious about giving oral sex. Any advice that might help her to want to do it? Hmm. Um, I think this is a pretty common complaint among uh, people that uh, maybe are... In relationships that they've been in for a little while, seems like girls are a lot more excited about giving oral sex in the beginning, <laughs> and then slowly the interest wanes. Um, would you agree with that?
1: Yes. Okay.
2: So, and and again, not uh, not saying anything personal about uh, either of our sexual relationships. Uh, just you know, from what I've heard from others and from experience over time. But I would give you a couple of tips, um, anonymous writer you could um, try a little uh, play where you sort of compliment her, make sure that, you know, you have told her how beautiful and sexy she is. Always get her in the mood in that way. And then get her in the shower. Do a nice, slow, sensual shower together or a bath. Slowly soap each other down. Caress her. Talk a little bit dirty to her, not too much to make her uncomfortable. And then why don't you try smearing something yummy like chocolate sauce or whipped cream on your package and just ask her to gently lick it off. She doesn't have to take it into her mouth and, you know, try to push it down her throat. But just start with gentle licking and uh, give her lots of compliments about it and see where that leads you. Um, One other problem could be that she's afraid you're going to make her swallow. I think a lot of girls uh, don't enjoy that particular aspect of oral sex. So what you could do is uh, just assure her that when you're ready to come, you're not going to come in her mouth. (laughs) And the check's in the mail, right? Um, But just uh, have a a Kleenex ready, and uh, when you're about to come, just pull out and come into the Kleenex do that a couple times and hopefully that will um, make her feel more comfortable with the situation. Uh, What do you think? Is that
3: um, something um, that has
2: worked for you in the past?
3: Well
1: I I think your last statement is probably the best part of that advice about uh, I think probably a lot of them are not wanting to swallow and they're afraid that uh, I think a lot of them probably are afraid that that's what is going to happen and that if they think about having to do that, they just don't want to do the whole thing. So I think, yeah, probably saying that they're not going to do that and they're just going to do it into a Kleenex or toilet paper might actually uh, raise the chances or or just, you know, pull out and do it somewhere on them, even if it's not, like, on their face. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, think, not know. in the face or the hair. No, I mean, at least not at <laughs> first. <laughs> you know, it depends on the girl, but... Um, yeah, not in the eye. I mean? had to take issue with this whipped cream thing. The whipped cream thing, I, I always felt was have you, better... Have if, you tried that? Well, yeah, I always felt it was better okay. in theory than practice. When I've tried it, it drips right it, off. Well, yeah, it, it, it melts because the human body is 98.6 degrees and it, it melts yeah. the whipped cream down. And it just – it doesn't go the way you would picture it to go. It's like I, I gave up – and I love whipped cream, actually. You know what I still <laughs> You gave up. No, you, know what I, you know what I still That's do? Funny. I actually take the can of whipped cream sometimes and just spray it into my mouth. I, I love eating whipped cream by itself. And I, I had stopped for <laughs> many years and then my bu- my girlfriend bought some whipped cream. Not, not for anything sexual. She just bought some whipped cream. And then she sees me, like, spraying the bottle into my mouth –
2: and, and she out. Uh, and uh, she didn't grossed
1: out, but she was mad that I used it all. Like, I used it all really fast. And then she bought the next bottle, and I used it again. And then she actually hid the next one from me. So <laughs> now, now I actually have to buy my I own whipped cream. To, I actually
2: have a similar problem in my house. So somebody who shall go nameless also likes to eat the whipped cream right out of the can. Um, no, it, but, I, I you know, you may right can. about that. Maybe something more viscous like a caramel sauce would work <laughs> better.
1: Sauce. I'd be afraid that <laughs> would like to stick there and never come off.
2: But the last piece of advice that I would give is once you get your girl to at least give it a few licks and get more comfortable with it, make sure that you give her oral sex in return and make sure she comes because that's always going to uh, make her feel more comfortable with reciprocating. So those are my two Ask Vowels, uh, two very different <laughs> Ask Vowels tonight. Um, but uh, if anybody wants to call in and ask another question, you're certainly welcome to. If not, uh, we want to move the show along at this point. And um, I know we had one other thing that you wanted to talk about. Uh, oh, well, you were waiting for a Ken call, but it doesn't look like yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, call
1: and He disappointed me. So, but so, so you did
2: want to talk about Isildur leaving poker
3: stars? I do.
1: I want to talk about Isildur leaving PokerStars. Uh, this is not going to be a long conversation, but... Uh, Surprisingly, Isildur, who came onto PokerStars originally as an unnamed pro, he was just Isildur and they wouldn't say who he was, Uh, they eventually revealed him to be Victor Blom, which was a very poorly kept secret, but uh, he became a PokerStars pro, then had a great year playing live poker, where he won uh, $1.6 million playing live poker in tournaments in 2012, and 2012 is not even over yet uh that his contract was not renewed with PokerStars. They claim it was a mutual decision. And supposedly so he can concentrate on poker, which is BS. Like you, you really think being a PokerStars pro prevents him from concentrating on poker? I mean, that's 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 ludicrous. So uh, this is, is,
2: this, is this have Anything to do with the fact that he's another Swedish player? Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah maybe the biker. <laughs> you know, what, maybe the biker banditos are going to visit PokerStars office soon and, uh, and pay <laughs> Lee Jones a visit or something. Just
3: but, a coincidence, yeah. I'm
1: sure. But uh, Victor Blom, I believe, is probably going to sign with Full Tilt, which is owned by PokerStars. There's no evidence of this. But I think that this is a formality because of the weird way it's going down where it's a mutual decision not to renew his contract. Not that they didn't want to sign him again, not that he didn't want to sign with them, but it's a mutual decision. He's concentrating on poker. That sounds a lot to me like he's much more valuable to the full tilt brand because that's where he ran up his role. That's where the mysterious Isildur appeared and smashed Durr and was just dominating for a while before finally going on a losing streak. But uh, we're, the Legend of Isildur was born on Full Tilt. And I think Poker Stars, who's very good with marketing, I think they realized that he'd be much more valuable to the Full Tilt brand, and it's going to kind of operate separately, but they're going to own it. So I think they probably said, all right, we're just not going to renew you here. Hang out, and when Full Tilt starts, you know, we'll give you a good position there. So what do you do? I mean, if... if uh, of course, yes, they could have re-signed him and then transferred him over to F- Full Tilt, but I think the reason they w- wouldn't do that would be because they really want the two to appear to be separate sites. Not that they're going to deny they own Full Tilt. They're very public with that. But they really want it to appear like it's two separate sites still competing with each other. It just happens to be owned by the same company. And Well, the
2: other possibility is that maybe he's just not that marketable anymore. You know, sure, to hardcore poker players but what about you know this just the casual player see
1: I, I don't believe that because he has such a good uh 2012 in live tournaments and i, I think if he was just an online player and was bricking online uh, bricking live tournament after live tournament then i could say okay well he doesn't have that much appeal anymore but um, oh boy i i think i just shed the bed here my my Uh-oh. phone my phone is ringing but i left it in the other part of the secret location and there's no way i'll get there in time Oh, no. And I think it's Run. probably... I think it's probably... No, there's no way I can get there. Yeah, I'd have to, like, bust through a wall to get there. So <laughs> no, sh- so I, I think I'm just going and, and to... And it's waking everyone up. This is, like, the worst of both worlds. Damn it. I, oh, my gosh. I, I, I told Ken not to call in at 945, so this is not completely my fault. I told him to call in at, like, around 8, and and he got my email. But we don't and, know... Oh,
2: it, it can only be Ken on that no, it
1: No, it could be someone else. I'm just guessing that it's him. I just had this... So gun. we can't
2: take any calls,
1: then? Uh, you know, I'm going to go... Right now, I'm gonna walk up and get that phone in case he decides to try again in a few minutes no okay. no, I, no that that's that's my personal cell phone. He does because the seven seven five number is long distance and that matters for pay phones um i, I he calls my personal phone and I transfer it into the poker fraud alert phone line so he can be on the show that that's how he calls in otherwise it would be very expensive for him so uh, the, the, anybody else who calls, I can take their call. But uh, Okay. Yeah, so uh, any, anyway, um, uh, what, what do you think of this whole thing with Isildur?
2: Well, honestly, you know, it, it remains to be seen, like you said, if uh, they pick him up on the other side. But if they are going to try to foster the illusion that they are two completely separate companies, they won't do that. Uh, so then the question is, why are they just not renewing his contract? Did something else happen that we don't know about? Um, yeah, I, what I was saying know, I, yeah, yeah there's a two plus two thread about it, but um, it's really just people sort of postulating and, and making guesses. Nobody really knows anything.
1: Yeah, and what I have to guess is that they just uh, they don't want the PR problem of re-signing him and then transferring him to full tilt like like it's all one site. I think they kind of really right. want to compete with themselves so people who don't like PokerStars for whatever reason will go to Full Tilt and almost feel like they're at a different site, even though it's owned by the same company.
3: Right. And if, if they start
1: trading pros, then why even have two different brands? you know? So I think that's the way they see it. And so I think the best way to do it, if you don't want to re-sign him and then trade him over to Full Tilt, is... Tell him, hey, we're just going to make up some BS that you're concentrating on poker for a few months.
2: How much of a hassle is it to get that paycheck from from them and, and be the pro? How much extra work is involved?
1: Very little. That's why it's BS. Is that yes? They sometimes have to make appearances somewhere, or, you know, or do interviews. Or, it, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a PR position you're taking. Um,
2: so you make appearances, you, you do an interview, but you're saying it's not a lot in terms of hours.
1: No, uh, no. Or maybe he I, has to go to certain co- uh, tournaments, but it's to his advantage because he can win money sure. and they buy him in. So right. It's not like, oh, man, i got to go play this poker tournament. I mean, that's, that's what he does. So um, you know, if anyone wants to come to me and say they'll buy me into a tournament somewhere in the world, I'll, I'll be glad to take the money and play. So uh, I think that's the way most poker players feel. And uh, so the bottom line is that this looks very much like Something where they're just uh, waiting for Full Tilt to come up. And I I would be surprised, in fact, if he doesn't appear as a Full Tilt Pro when that comes back online. But we'll see.
2: But would the promotions that are required for you to attend, would they interfere with your poker play at times?
1: Only in that, like, let's say they say, we want you to co-play the EPT London and you really don't feel Uh like playing the EPT London. You feel like sitting and playing cash, wherever you're playing cash at the moment. Yes, that can interfere, because then you have to get up and go to the EPT London. On the other hand, you're still going to play poker. It's not like like they're sending you off to do uh, um, motivational speeches instead of playing poker. They're they're taking you away from poker to play poker.
2: And the celebrity that you gain does not in any way hurt your game. I mean, people are still going to want to play you, in fact, more so.
1: Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, I, I think that uh, this concentration. I guess I was just trying to think of reasons
2: why he might have not wanted to renew, but I I can't come up with anything. Yeah, I, done. I
1: can't really either. By the way, someone's asking in the chat room: people are sleeping at 9:45 in your secret location. Well, here's the reason: um, the other adult in the secret location, my girlfriend, has a regular job. Uh, she's not like me. She's not a poker player. She.
2: She got wiped out after all of the
1: whipped cream
3: yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: action. She's, right. She's <laughs> got to make enough money to support my whipped cream habit. So <laughs> she she is she works a regular job. She's had a regular job her whole life, and uh, it's a good job. But it is a regular nine to five job, Monday through Friday, and she has to be up pretty. Early. It's actually not nine to five. It's actually she has to be there earlier. So it's uh, she has to go to bed early, and uh, so that's why. If you look at my posting pattern, a lot of times you'll see me a lot more of my posts appearing in the later hours at night, you know, after she's asleep, because I don't go to bed that early. So, you know, after she goes to sleep, then, uh, you know, I stay up a little bit longer and 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 uh, then go to sleep myself. But uh, anyway, that phone call was Kent Scaler as I suspected. I did mm-hmm. not get it in time. I knew when it started ringing, there'd be no way I could get to where that phone was. By the time he'd hang up, so I didn't even try. And
2: emailing him at this point would be fruitless because if he's at a payphone, he's not reading email.
1: Right, right. So, but th- this mm-hmm. was his fault for not. Because I, mean, I told him the show typically runs till ten, which you know sometimes runs later, but yeah. to be safe, it's till ten. And he calls it like nine forty-seven, so yeah, it's annoying because I thought I told him to call around eight, but whatever, we'll do. We'll do it next week. I, I'll save the questions, and we'll do it next week. The game, but. Uh,
2: now, would you – I know we had talked about this and you liked the um, the live thing better than the pre-recorded idea, but would you at some point have a nice call with Ken uh, one-on-one where the sound quality is perfect and ask him a series of 20 to 30 questions, get his answers recorded, and play the game that way?
1: You know, we could. I'd, that would work sound quality-wise and reliability-wise. The one way mm-hmm. it wouldn't work is that I like hearing his reactions – to like I know how it all happens. Yeah, but he just, could
2: still call in for
1: the segment. You're, you're saying you know, just in case to... Uh,
2: well, I'm saying use his pre-recorded answers, but that let him be on the line at the same time, even with a bad connection. Oh, I see, I see. Let him,
1: let him be on the phone and just let him hear his own answers back. That's, that's, mm-hmm.
2: And that way the, the game will just, I think it'll flow better. There was a lot of uh, problems last time, although I found it entertaining.
1: You know, you're right. I, that, that, may not, yeah. that may be a good idea, actually, to pre-record him answering the questions and then having him on for a reaction to right. his own answer so I can still run the game when, when he doesn't call in. That, that's true. Right, right? or and if his phone
2: problem. fails or whatever, we, we can still, that the is, show must go on and is, all that. That
1: is a good idea. So, uh, yeah, now uh, speaking of uh, my girlfriend, I, I want to talk about, I, I didn't put this on the agenda, but uh, I did post about it. I want to talk about two anniversaries that are today, August 14th. Indeed. Uh, two things happened on August 14th. One in 2009, one in 2011, nothing significant in 2010 or 2012, so I guess we're due next year for another big August 14th, at least I am. But uh, August 14th, 2009, I'll start with the more, more important of the two. Probably less important to the rest of you, but to me the most important.
2: Jeff, can I just interject one quick question? Yes. Do you just remember these dates because you have that kind of mind that remembers those sort of details, or do you keep a calendar?
1: Um, I do not keep a calendar. I remember... It's just in your head. Dates, yeah. I don't, I don't, there's a, there's a a wrong impression of me that I remember, like, every date everything happened, where someone can say, oh, remember we did this, and I'll go, that was on November 23rd, uh, 1994. I, I can't do that, okay? Okay. Uh, what's... But if
2: it was a really important event, you remember it?
1: Really important, moderately important, and even some kind of random things I just happen to remember... Uh, the, the dates for, or or more details than other people would. But I do forget a number of things, too, just like anyone would. And uh, sometimes I even don't remember the right year. like oh, So I think this happened in 08, or maybe it was 07, like I'll say things like that, where uh, other times I know the exact date. So in this case, I know the exact dates because uh, these were both kind of uh, significant events, one more than the other. But uh, the more significant one to me was that On this date in 2009, exactly three years ago.
2: Now, thank God that's the one you're counting as the more significant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, A girl I had not seen since 1993 and had had no contact with in all that time came to visit me in Las Vegas after we had been talking on the phone for about three weeks since we found each other on Facebook again. I was uh, nervous about that visit, really, really hoping it would go well. I had uh, high hopes for the whole thing. I thought it had a lot of potential. And it did go very well. It went so well that 14 months later, that girl was the mother of my first child, Benjamin, and is still my current girlfriend, the one that's uh, sleeping right now and probably just got woken up by Ken Scalar's phone call. So uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but yeah, that August 14, 2009 probably is the most important day of my life because of what it led to. And that's I, very sweet.
2: Does she know you feel that way?
1: Yeah, I've, I've said that to her before. And, uh, she listens to the show, too, so she'll hear it. But uh, but I'm not just now, saying that. Now, Todd,
2: I know that this is um, probably the wrong place to discuss it, but I think Inquiry Minds would like to know, is there ever a plan uh, to ask for her hand in marriage and make this official? Yes, yes. There is?
1: Yeah, it, it'll happen. People have A lot of people have asked that, even my parents Okay. But will your parents, of
2: course. Yeah, no,
1: it, it'll yeah. happen. Um, you know, it uh, already resembles a marriage in many ways, and obviously with the, with a kid together, and, and it was a planned child. It wasn't a, an accident that occurred six months into it. We actually uh, decided consciously to do it and try for it. And, uh, you know, so it's already like a marriage in this way and in many other ways. So. Uh,
2: and will there be a prenup?
1: We kind of, I'm not going to discuss that, but uh, we, we we kind of see the marriage as like a formality at this point, which is why we haven't rushed to do it, and, uh, you know, it's one of these things that, it just. Is she Jewish? Doesn't matter. No, she's not Jewish.
2: Ah, okay. But. uh, Is there a problem with that for your parents?
1: No, no, they're they're okay with it. And in fact, uh, Benjamin is going to be raised Jewish, though. And even
2: she's though, fine with that?
1: Yeah, even though, you know, technically they say your kid's not Jewish unless the mother is Jewish, I'm not that religious. I, I, I consider it differently myself. I.
2: But would you have a Jewish wedding?
1: Uh, we haven't really talked about that. But, <laughs> All right. So you know, I, Jewish
2: weddings are fun, you know, they lift you up on the uh, chair. And you
1: know what, as far as the wedding, I'm not even sure what I'm going to do. I always pictured that uh, I would have some kind of, like, traditional wedding. Not like a huge wedding, but like a... Uh, like a traditional wedding, what you would picture a regular wedding to be, but uh, that was when I was thinking I'd be married when I'm like 25, and now, now that I'm 40 and not married yet, it, it kind of feels like I'm a little bit too old for that. Like, uh,
2: but you might feel that way, but I'm guessing that she might not. No, she Just, kind of feels you know, that way being too. Being a girl, I think a lot of girls want that picture perfect. You know, the girl, the the bride wears white, and
1: no, no, she she things. kind of feels that way too. So you know, that's. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the situation. A- and anyway, um, so that, that was the first August 14th. The that, that was a pleasant August 14th. That was a very nice August 14th there. Um, what wasn't as nice was uh, the August 14th that occurred two years later. August 14th, 2011. Exactly one year ago. This was the beginning of DonateGate. A scandal having to do... I shouldn't say a scandal, but more of a fight... Having to do with the donate Constant. button on yes. the previous website I was involved with, and um, my partner at the time, Brian Micon, added a donate button to the site without consulting me first. Doesn't seem, seem like that big of a deal. Um, it's more like an annoyance. But you know, I wake up, I look. There's a donate button on the site that donates money directly to him, and uh, no explanation, nothing. Just donate. I'm like, what the hell? And someone started a thread about it saying, what the hell is this? So I'm wondering, what the hell is this? So I made a one-line post complaining that I wasn't even consulted about it. And the fine thing is, had I been asked, I wouldn't have objected to it, but I would have said, we got to explain this first so we don't look like beggars. Like, don't just drop a donate button. Explain hey, we're putting up this donate button because it's hard to get sponsors because of our, of our raunchy content, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, explain to people what they're donating for, where their money's going to go, etc. Don't just slap up a donate button. That, that was that would have been my but, feeling. But
2: wait, your first response was to post something on the board rather than calling him?
1: Well, I'll tell you why. You, you're right that that may not have been the best thing to do, but I was annoyed because just the week before, I got an angry lecture on the phone about how I better not ever make any changes to the site, even minor ones, without consulting him first. I I was told that, you know, I better not ever do that, because I was discussing about how I was considering removing some, like, very, very little-used forums. Like, there was a forum on there called Omaha Poker that, like, never got posts except for spam. So, like, I told him I was considering removing that forum, but I needed to ask him first. And he's like, yeah, you better not ever do something like that without asking me first. I'd be really pissed. So, I got that lecture... And then the next week, he adds a donate button without asking me. So I'm like, you know, you can't have it both ways. It can't be where you uh, you give me a, a hard time for the slightest thing I do to change the site without asking you, but then do the reverse to me, and, and no problem. So that's why I was really annoyed. I, I felt it was very hypocritical. So I made like a one-line thing about not being consulted. I, again, I didn't like make a whole angry post about it. I made a one-liner. And then some people... You know, ask what's the problem, and then I explained a little bit more. Anyway, this led to a very large shitstorm, where Mike Hahn and I argued publicly. And uh, it it all started with his response that said, number one, the donate button money goes to the site, obviously. All donate dollars will be put into the site's bankroll, not my personal Bitcoin bankroll, which is funny now that uh, everybody knows what really happened with the money. Uh, number two Druff finds fault in everything I've done in the past few weeks This is a function of his personality more than anything As majority owner and creator of this site Which also wasn't true He wasn't the majority owner uh, Taking steps to try and market and monetize this In the minor way of placing a donate button is my right I should make more unilateral decisions than I currently do uh, certain, Certainly all owners will have input after the fact uh, but for small things like the donate button and selling one hat on eBay, I'm going to do it alone without thinking twice. So the eBay thing was when, remember when I was giving hats for I free? remember the eBay thing. Yeah, I was giving I hats guess. for free away uh, on the site, and a lot of people, you know, we had bought hats with site money. A lot of people were wanting these hats because we were giving them away for free, and basically the policy was first come, first serve, if you are a user I recognize. So, like, lurkers can't come out of the blue and ask for them, but if you're anyone I recognize on the site... I'll send you a hat till we run out. So we got more requests than hats we could send. And even though I sent like 50 hats, um, I ran out of hats to send. And I said, sorry guys, I know there's a few of you who still deserve hats, but we just don't have them anymore. And then like later that day, Mike makes a post, hey guys, I'm getting rid of some junk on eBay. And one of the pieces of junk he was getting rid of was a Donk Down hat. And I was so annoyed by that, that, that he was selling one of the things that we were giving away. And I was apologizing to people that we didn't have enough to give. And he's saying, oh, here, now look at this, I'm selling here. So I was mad you know, about overall that. Overall, these seem
2: like sort of little things, but I can see how a lot of little things would add up right. to it. Right. So, so that's
1: what business. happened. We had a lot of arguments like this. He got sick of it. I got sick of it. And it all blew up on this day. So then I wrote a big response back, which I'm not going to bother reading. You can go look at it in on the forum if you want. I posted a copy of some of this stuff. And then he responded back with his infamous I created this don't fucking forget that post. And then he went on to uh, say that he has many close friends in Vegas that no longer post here because of me. So And and then went on to say that I was basically a liability to the site and have done more harm than good in its, in its history. So, could all
2: of this been avoided if you had just let him have the donate button without mentioning that it was bothering you?
1: Um, it could have been avoided for some time, but the Eventuality was that this was going to occur it, it was already moving this way in fact a very strong symptom of where the friendship and partnership of myself and Micon was going was seen in April of that same year 2011 when Joy Miller went off on me on the radio totally inappropriately and he took her side and, and that was sort
2: of the um the crux of when it all came to light but it was he was harboring ill will prior to that right
1: right it, it, he was getting to be more and more resentful towards me and more getting his feeling was starting to change more and more from druff is flawed but he's a good asset to this site and and a good friend to druff is an asshole and he's ruining my site and he's always been ruining my site and I didn't realize it till now like that was where his his train of thought was going and it was moving from one to the other more and more and this what happened in April with Joy Miller was kind of uh, already an indication of where it was heading and by August when this all blew up it was already irreparably there and this was just kind of a catalyst so
2: now during that time that things were sort of eroding were you ever spending time with him in person were you uh, coming to Vegas and hanging out with him and his wife, and and doing things socially with him?
1: Well, um, yes, but uh, it was, and by the way, I think our chat room just crashed, but uh, just refresh it, and it'll it'll come back. It did. I
2: had to log in again.
1: Yeah, this is a crappy chat, but I'm I'm having a hard time finding one that's compatible with V-Bulletin that uh, is better, but I'm still looking. Anyway, um, better than the the radio crashing, though. when I hung out with him, you know, it was, uh, that was also decreasing. And I, I was just getting the feeling, even though nothing specific happened that I could say that would indicate it for sure, I was just getting the feeling that he kind of didn't want me around as much either. He wanted to spend less time with me. He didn't seem to enjoy as much my presence there. It's just kind of, especially his wife, too. She seemed to really be, uh, liking me less and less. Where I, I was definitely so you gonna, could
2: feel it when you were in the room with them, yeah. They just were not as, as friendly.
1: And, and not only that, I, I actually had people who weren't even following all the drama, even before the drama occurred. I I had people who'd listen to the radio for the first time like a few months before all the blow-ups happened. And they'd say after the radio, does Mike not hate you? And I'd say, what? they say, it, it just sounds like he's annoyed with you and pissed off with you all the time. i go, oh, no, 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 that's just that's just the stick we do on there. And they're like, I don't know, that sounded pretty genuine to me. And mm-hmm. like I, I, I kind of thought about it, and I dismissed it that they just didn't understand that a lot of the complaining I would do on the radio and a lot of his responding was just in fun to, to, as a bit on the air. But the, the the thing was, I think it was only half joking. I think that he was, I, I think he was actually feeling more and more angry towards me. I, I, not just think. I know. I know that he was feeling more and more negative towards me and less positive. And,
2: uh, they, I this just was find just... the whole situation really sad. I, and I agree with, um, listener Aaron Mike <laughs> who, who states that, you know, those old radio shows were really good. Yeah, they, they were. You guys had a great dynamic together and, um, the whole yin and yang and the difference in your personalities was entertaining.
1: Yeah, they, they were, and, uh, and you know, it's a sad thing. Yeah, there's times I, I miss the uh, involvement there and, and, and the radio show especially. But you know what? I think back to not so much the radio, but I think back to a lot of things that happened on the site. Sometimes behind the scenes stuff I've never told people or stuff I've made references to, but I'm not going to bother to again. But uh, I. I think this was inevitable to happen. I think that uh, the differences we had in personality were just kind of too much to not eventually go this way. And it's sad, and and there were a lot of good radio shows, and I think our difference in personality made good radio. But I think it also made it harder to be partners. And and so what happened was, like, you know, a year ago when this all occurred, that was just, uh, I think the best way to describe it was... uh, You know, I had a thing called resorption on one of my teeth, which is, it's actually not, so resorption is, it's not even your fault. You know, Mm -hmm. like when you get cavities, it's usually your fault to some degree for not brushing well enough or whatever. Um, Resorption is not your fault. It's actually when your body gets confused and uh, thinks the tooth is something that shouldn't be there and starts destroying it from the inside.
0: And eventually you
1: have to have the tooth removed. So uh, I had that occur um, a few years ago. And... When they took the X ray of it, and, and, and the endodontist actually looked at the tooth in the X ray, he said, "I can't believe you went this long without needing this removed." He said, "Pretty much everything is gone inside, and the the nerve should have been killing you a long time ago, but it must have just happened perfectly in the way till it just got the nerve a few days ago." He said, it went from like not hurting to just like terribly hurting in like one day. So Though it, before it would like hurt and then go away, hurt and go away, but then just one time it just went to terrible hurting so bad that I had to do something immediately. Anyway, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is that by the time it really started hurting, it was hollow. and needed to come out and there was no saving it. And that's kind of what I see had happened with me and MyCon. by the time we had our blow-up last year about the donate button. It wasn't about the donate button. It was that our relationship, our business partnership had become hollow. And it was just a matter of it hitting the nerve and finally uh, uh, had to come out. And uh, But what, what, what got me most frustrated about this whole thing was, well, two things. Two, one is that I hated to leave the site because of all the time and effort I had put into it and, and how much I identified with the site and how it was like my yeah, home. Yeah, it's like your baby. And how it was like my home base and, and I hated to get, get up and leave. But the, the other thing was that if I left under the circumstances of like, hey, Drov, I know you did a lot for the site, but we just can't get along anymore and one of us has to leave, so, you know, can you please make it you? That would have at least been a reasonable approach. What bothered me was that I was told to leave and forced to leave in the manner that, like, I had been a detriment the whole time, and he's just realizing it now. Like, like you've been fucking it up the whole way, and I've finally gotten, I've finally come to my senses and realized how terrible you were for Never One Poker and donk Down. And that bothered me so much because he made so much money from there, and I made very little money. He made six figures from the damn thing. I made very little money, and I won't say all of that was contrib- attributed to me. But I can tell you, if I never showed up there, it never would have become what it did. And if I didn't continue showing up there, it also wouldn't have become what it did. He could have never sold it for what he did to Poker News. A lot of things would have been different. I, I indirectly made him so much money there, made myself very little money. Um, it's
2: it's definitely tragic the and, way and, that and he I was the. That's the what break. bothered me so um, much.
1: Yeah, it w- wasn't just like I don't. It wasn't even just like. I don't like you anymore or I, I think you've uh, become someone I don't like or I just decided irreconcilable I differences. Yeah, yeah, and just like like say that.
2: thanks for the, the contributions yeah, you've it, made and let's make a clean break. I think I t- would have taken that better as well. I was upset by the way it was handled. But, it you know, if it wasn't for the way it was handled and, and how that impacted me, I probably wouldn't have come to PFA. Yeah. So, yeah. And maybe there's others who feel that way as well.
1: Yeah, and, the, and the there's people who say are saying in the chat room get over it and, you know, yeah, I,
2: and people m- might not want to hear us rehash this old stuff, and and that's fine. And
1: I think I think people I think people uh, I can understand why this can get on people's nerves if me, me talking about this, and I, and I waited to the end of the show to bring it up, so I wasn't going to force everybody to listen to this to get to the other content they're waiting for. But uh, well, there
2: is one other thing I wanted to ask you about, if you don't mind us changing the subject. Did you want to close out with a final statement about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I just was saying I'm bringing this up here, then. Uh, uh, just because it happens to be the anniversary, the actual anniversary of the donate button appearing and then tomorrow is the anniversary of the infamous I created this don't forget that post which called me a liability. And Once that appeared, I, I, I knew deep down that there was no coming back. I knew that that was it. I knew that this was the beginning of the end for me there. And sure enough, a, a month later I was forced out and six weeks later I had sold my part because I'd been forced out and didn't feel like fighting it further. But uh, um. I will say that since it had to happen and since it was on the path to happening I'm actually now glad it happened in one way because now this site exists and there were a lot of things on that site that I felt were never going to never had any chance to grow or get better. The site had been labeled in a lot of ways and stayed away from it in a lot of ways because of things that had happened there with a lot of the obscene pictures and everything. It just... Um, it had no chance of ever being taken seriously by anyone. And I, I felt that, and also I, I felt that I couldn't do everything I wanted to do and, and I didn't, uh, I felt like I was putting in a lot of effort and then a lot of times just being overruled. I just didn't feel, I felt that I was putting a lot of effort into something that I didn't really have very much control over. So I'm happy I have this site now that's going to succeed or fail based upon what I do and that no one else is going to you know, help or hinder me. It's going to be my thing, my baby, my my sight. And, uh, but whatever you do,
2: don't take a week off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the, that is the one problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'm happy we have this because it's, it's kind of a new start, and I'm glad that a lot of the people follow me over here. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't have Poker Fraud Alert if I hadn't been forced out of there. And I'm, I'm a lot happier here, actually, than I was there, um, especially toward the end. So – and not just because I'm the only one in charge, but I just um, – I it's a lot easier. It's a lot less stressful to run this site. And uh, a lot of times it, it's, it's actually not good your, to have business partners.
2: Um, you being the only one with access, isn't it possible to create an admin account that only has the power to delete or move threads and or delete um, offensive images?
1: Well – um. I know what you're getting at here because we did have uh, some uh, vandalism, I should say, to the site uh, last week. Which
2: sure, uh, and I think there's a contingency of people who specifically wait till they know you're not going to be around and
1: well, yeah, that was they're definitely going to keep
2: jumping in like yeah, that. That was definitely so. the
1: timing when when they knew I was gone and had very limited internet access to to take care of it. But uh, um, and you
2: shouldn't have to run in and deal with that on the fly when you're trying to enjoy some time with your family.
1: Yeah. It, Muck Ficon has said in the chat, call it Blackcock Admin Access. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> Refer- referring
1: to what the people posted Thank there to, uh, t- t- exactly to bomb right. the site. But look, uh, I'm actually in the process of making a few different custom tools. Because if you guys remember, I was a programmer before I was a poker player. And even though I, I hadn't programmed in a number of years, I'm I'm getting back into it. And that's you know some of the mods you see on this site are custom things that I did myself. Um, I'm writing some tools into the software that will make it so this sort of thing can be taken... First of all, that it can be just prevented on the software side. And I'm not going to explain exactly how or people can figure out how to circumvent it, but um, that these are things I'm writing into. First of all, make it harder for people to successfully bomb the site. And two... um, I'm writing something that will allow certain trusted people to take care of these problems if I'm not around without giving them access to normal admin functions or people's IP addresses or email addresses, so still I will be the only one who can see all that stuff, as I've been telling everyone it's going to be, and I will be the only one who can delete posts and all this here, but at the same time, these tools will allow for the removal of accounts that are clearly abusing the site and, uh, So, again, I'm not going to explain how these work, other than that it will protect users from ever being touched by the people I designate to be able to do this, Uh, but yet these people will be able to put a stop to bombings to the forum and remove those accounts. And there is a way to do that, And, uh, and I'll give it to a few trusted people who can do it. And again, you guys don't have to worry about trusting those people, because they won't be able to get any of your information that you... Have signed up with. They won't see your email address, your IP address, any of your PMs. They won't have any access to that. Uh, they'll only have access to just remove certain things that are posted by certain accounts that are clearly hostile accounts. So, uh, I'm, again, I'm not going to explain the whole process, but uh, um, that's.
2: And this is uh, in the cards uh, that you're going to be installing this yeah, in the next month or
1: so. Yeah, I've been de- I've been developing these things, and uh, and while all these things won't completely prevent those type of attacks of the forum, it'll make it a lot harder for it to successfully be done and to stay up very long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think when it becomes frustrating enough to do for the people who are doing it, uh, that they'll stop. And I've already taken some other measures to stop. And as you've noticed, even while I was gone, it occurred twice and then it stopped for a while because mm-hmm. uh, I already took some measures to stop it. But I'm, I'm not going to promise it's not going to happen again, because it probably will. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to get harder and harder here to do this. And, uh, um, that's it. So anyway, uh, that that's the story with that. And uh,
2: my question, my other question, was related to a post that you had made when you first returned, or, or you might have even made it while you were still in uh, your secret locations, uh, regarding spam. And I wanted to address your feeling number three, where you state, if you're posting about a competing site, basically any forum about poker. You're welcome to do so, but there has to be a reason for it. For example, if a competing radio show has an interesting guest on at the moment, you're welcome to post about it. If you're registering an account just to promote how great another show is, then that's not okay. So as I was reading that, I understood exactly where you were coming from and why you included it, but I think it could be problematic because sometimes it could be difficult to differentiate between Somebody really just there to promote that other site, or somebody who's really just excited about that radio guest.
1: Well, yes, and and I'll, and I'll tell you actually that uh, I, I'll say I made a semi mistake with the post that this was directed at because I, I made the rule based on a certain post where someone showed up who I had recognized the the name just from kind of like seeing it as a lurker, but I'd never really seen it post or if it had posted it barely posted before. I like wasn't very familiar with the person other than seeing the name occasionally. But they registered a new account on the site, and their very first post was about another radio show. And it was a post singing the praises of this other radio show and degrading this one. Not in a really rude way, but uh, more of a kind of constructive way, but it was saying glowing things about this other show. And this was the only post that the account had ever made it was a user I wasn't very familiar with I'd see more as a lurker so I assume that this is someone who is more loyal to that other site and only created this account to try to promote that other radio show just out of you know maybe liking that show and not liking this one and that's the type of thing I didn't want to see because I, I didn't think now to contrast user hex who's been in this community for a long time and you know he's not someone I'm friends with or anything but uh He's been around for a long time. He made a post about this same radio show like a week or two before, and I didn't touch it. But the one that was made by this guy, I saw as spam, because it was the guy's first post. He registered an account just to post this. I didn't really recognize him, and uh, I removed the post as spam. Well, then he came forward and said, look, that's not what I meant to do. I just like that particular sh- you know, I've just liked the way that show's been recently. I just wanted to mention it. And, indeed, he's been posting other things on this forum since then that have nothing to do with this other show and as, like, a regular user. And the guy seems fine. In fact, I, I believed his explanation at the time he said it. But it looked, on the surface, very much like spam. So right. it's like a judgment call. And that's why... It really is.
2: And, but it sounds like if you do make a judgment call and then you feel that it was incorrect, you will retract it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so basically what I'm just saying here is I, I don't want people coming here... And using the fact that I allow people to post about other sites, even competing sites and their links and, and, you know, promote them or whatever, I don't want them abusing that to spam, even if it's kind of cleverly disguised spam, like, oh, wow, this has been so cool lately, for you know something that's not obvious spam, but where the person's only here for one purpose, that's, that's to promote the other site. I don't want that. Uh, that's I don't want that for any site or product. I don't want anyone here who's just here to post about some other site or some other product and that's the only reason they're here, and they contribute nothing else. That's crap, and I don't want that here. Um, especially if it's a competing one, but, but even if it's not, even if it's a completely unrelated product, I, I don't want that. It's spam. Uh, if someone who posts about a whole lot of things happens to post about a competing site or radio show or whatever, that's fine. and I'm not going to remove it. I just don't want people posting just for the purpose of promoting things, and when someone creates a new account and their first post is singing the praises of some other radio show, and comparing it, you know, comparing ours negatively to it, that looks very much like spam. So that's that's why. Even I don't think now that the guy was intending to do that, but it just looked like it, and that's that's the type okay. of thing I just don't want to see. I
2: just <laughs> wanted you to clarify because I I know that could be a sticky one.
1: Yeah, it can be. The whole thing the Thanks. whole thing is sticky, and I you know, and I don't want yeah. to I don't want to make it look like I'm trying to silence people from talking about any other radio show or any other site because that's not what I'm doing. And uh, you know, as you've seen, other than that, I've let people post links to other sites and other radio shows and talk about other radio shows. I haven't tried to interfere, uh, but uh, I just don't want spam or blatant attempts to,
3: sure, you know, y- y- y-
1: don't just be here to, to promote other places is the point.
2: And by the way, shout out to Lauren Kling's hairy ass who just entered <laughs> the chat room at 1024. <laughs> Welcome.
1: Yes. <laughs> and uh, so let, let's, see, let's see what else here. Um, all right, I just got a, uh, a link at PM here. Oh, this is interesting. I, I won't. This got PM to me, so I don't know if the person wants to be given credit for it. So I won't give them credit. But uh, thank you. Online gamblers handed four months in prison. This is an article dated today. In oh. fact, it was just written. It was written. Uh, uh-huh. In fact, it's not dated today. It's dated tomorrow, August fifteenth. Written in the future. And no, actually, not. It was written in Indonesia, <laughs> in, in, the, Indonesia yeah. in the Jakarta they're, Post. And they're, they're about
2: what, like eight, eight or nine hours. in No, now. much
1: more. Like like. 16 or, or something. 14? Yeah, like 16 or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, anyway, 11 poker players who were found guilty of gambling on the social networking site Facebook. <laughs> <were> <laughs> That's not
2: real gambling. were sentenced
1: to four months and ten days in prison I- I- at the Medan District Court on Tuesday. The verdict was Wait, read out loud by what's three... what's the source? Uh, this is on uh, the Jakarta Post that's a legitimate oh newspaper in, in Jakarta, Indonesia and so the verdict was read out by three presiding judges in three different sessions which began at around 11 a.m. Um, Aga Sedewan said the defendants had violated article 303 of the criminal code for their involvement in gambling. Prosecutors Sani Siaturi and Juliana Tahoran had previously sought a seven month sentence for each gambler. So let me, let me scroll down here and uh, that that uh, I guess this happened in an internet shop and, and they Transferred gambling chips. I guess they were probably playing. It doesn't say specifically here, but I think they were probably playing Zynga poker, and uh, and then actually like trading online gambling. Money, right? But but the, I guess they played it for real money or something by transferring gambling chips around. So Some, probably something like that. It, uh, it's not all that clear, but uh, it talked about cashier trading the gambling chips and. But anyway, you know, Indonesia is a uh, a Muslim country. And is this
2: one of those places where capital punishment includes uh, <laughs> removal of limbs? <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I don't know about that, but I can believe it over there. It's like a Muslim country they have all these funny laws. and if this is I know that they have like very harsh laws for drug dealing in these countries like they they put people to death for drug dealing. I know in Singapore they do that. Uh, Indonesia, I, I think Malaysia they do that. I'm not sure of Indonesia, but I actually traveled to all these countries in that area in uh, um, in nineteen ninety three. And uh, while they were very interesting, uh, some of the laws they were pretty damn strict, especially about like drug dealing. That was that was where I saw the strongest laws, where you you, you deal drugs there, you're probably going you get caught, you're probably gonna be put to death. And uh, they do caning
2: there.
1: Yeah, that was in Singapore they did the caning. Uh, but, uh, but, but I
2: mean, I, it seems like that sort of uh, place. But I don't know much about it. But the, I, I'm reading Muck Picon kind of is saying it's a third world hellhole. Well, it, it is in some way. <laughs> but, but Bubble that's, that's says they run a tight
1: ship. Well, what's, well that's the funny thing. Singapore runs a tight ship. You go to Singapore; it's really clean. It's a there's almost no crime. It's a, very safe. It's a, you know, very very nice place. It's very small. But uh, the rest of these countries are not t- tight ships. It, Indonesia really is very dirty. You see open sewers. You see trash in the streets. Like it's a, it's a dirty place, and uh, and some of it is very primitive. I actually stayed actually on the equator in a village there for one night, and it, it was pretty awful because it, there was no air conditioning in the place I stayed because it's so primitive and it was it was really hot as you imagine on the equator, but uh, it's uh, despite. It being, you know, a shithole in a lot of places, I wouldn't say it's a tight ship. There's, like, really strict rules about some things, and that's why I can see this gambling thing, especially being, like, a Muslim country, that uh, this being a problem. But I'm
2: still unclear on how they could have been exchanging real money uh, for play chips. Well,
1: I, I can see something like, let's say they said, okay, let's play Heads Up on Zynga Poker on Facebook, and, you know, whoever wins at the end will exchange it for real money. Like yeah, but how
2: would that? How would they prove that that was the agreement?
1: There must have been someone who tattled on them or something. It, it must have <laughs> been someone who caught. You know, like, a, oh, yeah, I don't, maybe it was through internet cafe. It doesn't give the details, but uh, um, yeah, it's it's really uh, you, you don't you don't want to get in trouble in any of those places. And of course, right. there's a lot of corruption. The only reason really
2: to go there is for the ladyboys, not for the folks <laughs>
1: Actually, that's more Thailand who does the ladyboys. And Thailand, <laughs> is, what's also interesting about Thailand, Thailand is so permissive about a lot of things that uh, a lot of these other third world countries in the area aren't. But yet, they're very strict against gambling, too. Like, you get in big trouble there, too, if you gamble. So, that's So,
2: prostitution th- is fine, but no gambling. Yeah, it's
1: so funny, like, the prostitution just runs rampant there. It's, like, so blatantly. And yet, uh, and including, like, underage prostitution. And yet, the, like, the gambling is just seen as something awful, which is so weird. But, uh, I mean, those countries are interesting to visit, but, uh, you know, a lot of them have a lot of big faults and... Uh, and especially, I, I, some of them I wouldn't even feel safe to go to anymore being an American, like uh, Malaysia and Indonesia I wouldn't really want to go to anymore like in 93 it wasn't a problem but you know there have been kidnappings and stuff like that over there since the uh, Muslims have, a lot of the fanatical Muslims have come to hate Americans a lot more than they used to back in 93 so those are some places that it, I am glad I got to go to in the past because unless things really change in the world I, I wouldn't go to again
2: Big shout-out to Four Dragons, uh, one of my favorite posters, who's in the chat room now. He says, we need sa to comment on Thailand, and yeah. that's true. you would be a good guest to talk you, about You Thailand. know,
1: I, I have a comment about Thailand. I was there twice, once in 88 and once in 93, and I think it was in 93. Um, I had a, a shortwave radio with me, and I actually listened to some of the Voice of America programs. I found they were interesting, and I, I really couldn't get them in in the U.S. The Voice of America is aimed at uh, people in other countries who want to hear about America. So there was was a radio program I liked on the Voice of America called Communications World. And when it was on, I I would turn it on wherever I was in Thailand. And at the hotel I was at in Thailand, I couldn't get it in the hotel because of some interference. So I'd have to go down to the street to listen to it. So whenever I was down on the street listening to Communications World... I got approached by so many cab drivers who wanted to take me to whorehouses because I see a twenty-one-year-old guy, white guy, standing there. And I get a
2: small al- cut for dropping you off there. I see. Oh yes,
1: yes, standing there alone. So this is always how the conversation would go. I- I'd be sitting there, uh, standing there in the street alone. Cab driver pull up. Y'all, Yo, ha- hello. You want to see girl? I go, no, no, that's okay. I, I take your girl twenty dollar. I go, no, no, that's okay. I, I don't, I don't have any answers in that. No, twenty dollars. That's a good price. No, no, then he go. Okay, I, I I do ten. I, I do ten dollar. I go. No, no, you don't understand. I, I, I don't have any interest Wait, in doing this.
2: He'll take you for ten dollars, or you, it's ten dollars for the girl. No, no,
1: he'll take me for twenty dollars. Then he'll take me for okay, ten dollars. Okay, you still have to pay
2: extra when yes, you get there. Yes, and and then, and then okay. he and then he
1: lowered the price to free, thinking that I was just wise to the whole thing.
2: Right, right. He didn't realize it. He, he's like, nobody could pass this, these beautiful girls up. Huh? Yeah, but
1: like, he yeah, he thought I was wise to the whole thing that, that, that he shouldn't be charging me, that he gets a kickback anyway. Right, And then right. I'm just like not, not having it until he brings the price down to free what it should be. And then uh, when I say no, he looks like really shocked. Like, like, wait a minute oh
2: here's an American who knows what's going on yeah like, like, like
1: wait a minute an American who's standing there in the street alone <laughs> a, a white guy like, like how how is he not now taking my offer to go by for free but like I really had no desire to go to the whorehouses I've, I've never had a desire to go to whorehouses and uh um, Did
2: they do it like in Vegas, where they hand you a little picture of what kind of gorgeous girl you're going to get?
1: Oh, uh, we didn't even get that far. He asked me, you know, do I want to see a girl? And, I, and then I got a lot of those. I just kept getting them. Like they kept coming up to me. That just couldn't believe I was just out there by myself as a, as a white a young white guy there in, in Thailand um, for, for any reason but that. And, what uh, were
2: you doing in Thailand?
1: I, it was just for tourism. I, it's a very interesting place to see. Uh, so
2: it was just a pleasure trip.
1: Yeah, but not not that type of pleasure trip. But actually, a <laughs> right, right. A, a pleasure <laughs> trip, but not <laughs> a sexual trip a pleasure trip. And uh, um, you know, a lot of uh, the funny thing is most people go to Thailand, and it's known for I shouldn't say most people, but it's best known, especially in the poker community, that you go to Thailand for sex, for uh, the, whether you're into lady boys or just uh, or just cheap prostitution, uh, that you go to Thailand for that. But uh, that really has never been a draw for me. And, you know, yes, the first time I was there, I was only 16. But, uh, you know, the second time I was there, I was 21. And, and neither time did I have any desire to do that. And uh, I, I've just never had a desire to get involved in any sort of prostitution thing. And, you don't
2: uh, want a woman who really doesn't want to be with you? She's just yeah. tolerating you for the money?
1: Right, right. It's even, it's even more, like like.
2: What if she's really good at pretending she likes you?
1: No, because I can always see through it. Like, like there's, there's no way. Like, I, I guess if they were really, really convincing, them and just approached me and, and somehow tricked me into uh-huh. believing that they were interested in me, and then you know, but I, I don't know how they'd ask for the money then. Like, like if, if the second they'd ask for the money, I'd say no, forget it. Like it wouldn't matter. Uh, now, yes, I guess if they tricked me into spending money on them in other ways, in me be believing I like them, and then, you know, later on I found out it was just all a game to get money out of me, fine. But uh, that's never happened to me. But, you know... If well, you
2: know what they say, Jeff, the money isn't for the sex, it's for when they leave.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's for the fact that you don't have to wake up the next morning yeah, and they're you know, still it, there. It, just, it just kills it for me when I think the girl doesn't really want to be there, that they're not really turned I on know. by I the whole I the aspect of being so with it, me. I, I, I could never go it, that
2: route. My it time. just kills it
1: for me. I, I, it's not even like a conscious thing. It's, it's, like, it's just not hot. Yeah. It just, it just ruins it. I don't even see how guys can do it. It just, I mean, well, there's no question. The Some guys love it. I, I would much rather I'm be, right, yeah. if, if it's a choice between having sex with an average looking girl that is into me Versus mm-hmm. a really beautiful girl that's only doing it for money, I'd much rather have the average one mm-hmm. who's into me. Like no, no question. Even if you, their personalities are the same and everything else is the same,
2: yeah, except for totally looks and how much they're into enough. me,
1: there's there's no question because I just it's
2: the into you part that's the turn on.
1: Well, it's, it's I mean it's part of it. It's, it, it's a, but it's an essential yeah. part. If that part doesn't exist, yeah. it just kills everything. And uh, yeah, I agree. Um,
2: but I guess some guys just don't care, and that's good that that's the case because. <laughs> A lot of relationships are based on uh, two people who aren't really into each other in that way.
1: And you know, you know what? The, when I actually am having sex or, or getting close to it, the the two things that I can hear in the background are the biggest turnoffs to me. Have you ever said that before? farting? No, no. no. I'm <laughs> talking about like background noises, not people, uh, not, not the oh, okay. girl. But like, like well, farting
2: come. is a background noise. It comes from the back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go ahead. The two things that that kill it the most, that kill the mood the most for me, that I hear in the background. The number two thing. Is hearing another guy's voice, I, like if I hear another guy talking, it, it it really hurts the mood.
2: If the pimp is in the background, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really like.
1: I don't want to hear or anything with other guys. Like, not only don't I want other guys like involved sexually in in, in anything I'm doing. I don't want them in the room. I don't want to hear them. I don't, anything like with other guys is like an instant turn off. But even worse than that is kids. I, I guess Rick Astley's saying I've said this before, but uh, but yeah, the, sorry, the, if, if I hear a child talking, that's the absolute worst. That's much worse than hearing another guy talk in the background. If, I, if I hear you. a child talking, that's just instantly over. Like, I, I can't even continue. So well, like At least
2: we know that you are not a child molester and that you're very high on the heterosexual <laughs> end of the spectrum. Yeah,
1: you, you know, I, I, at least, like, the last thing I talked about with the kids, I, I say that to myself. I go, you know what, I, that makes me feel good about myself is it, makes, it, it shows me, like, how... Far away I am in the spectrum from being a child molester.
2: Right. There's no possibility that you could get wood if there's a child even remotely involved.
1: Yeah. If I, if I even hear a child's it's voice, like a it thing. just kills the whole thing. So.
2: What about Barry White singing in the background? Mudbutt <laughs> wants to know. <laughs> Actually, I can. I, I don't mind a little Barry White.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, the di- I'm, I'm sure that
2: wouldn't be your music of choice.
1: No, it wouldn't be. Uh so, someone just said, Good luck having sex later in life, Truff. I, I, don't, I don't know what. Yeah, it because
2: it. the kid, they're saying now that you have a kid.
1: Well, I mean, I already <laughs> have a kid here, but, you know, fortunately, you know, uh, usually I can predict when he's sleeping, so I don't have to hear him. And oh, uh,
2: Good luck with and, that. And,
1: and, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be. As they get
2: older, it gets harder because then, you know, they're running in the bedroom and they want to jump in the bed with you. And
1: Yeah, but the, they eventually, have a nightmare. Yeah, eventually they learn to stay away, though. <laughs> sure We'll see We'll have this conversation again In two or three years so I do remember You know <laughs> I do remember now And I don't like thinking about this But I do remember Like I needed to talk to About my parents uh, t- Need to talk to them About something Or wanted to say It wasn't really like I got scared about something But like I I'd get up And I, I'd try to walk in their room And say something And the door would be locked And I'd knock And now that I think about it I, I probably shouldn't have done that like, I, like fortunately I never walked in or anything On my, my parents having sex But I probably <laughs> did knock And talk And probably ruin the moment
2: Oh, of course. All yeah. kids do. I mean, it, it, and it's just like FTP Jesus just said, kids are cock blockers, and uh, they can't help it. It's just the way it is. But you'll see. The sex uh, will be harder and harder to steal those precious moments. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> Aren't you excited about the future? <laughs>
1: I'll have to try to teach Benjamin just to stay away at a certain time. But so to, yeah.
2: to change the subject a little bit, um, Six to Pete asked a question in chat, and um I did promise him that we'd give an answer, even though we sort of covered this topic at the beginning of the show. He said, question for Jeff and Vals. What will you think if Brandon broadcasts on JSEP's Thursday Night Tumbleweed Highway Radio. I'm not sure it's called Tumbleweed, so... Uh, no, no, you're, you're trying to
1: slam the show, so I'm not... Yeah, you know, yeah, apologies to Jason. I'm not going to not refer, I'm I'm not refer to the show as that, but, but... That was a
2: direct quote I didn't uh, say. What, what, he's,
1: what he's trying to ask here, of course, is how will I feel if on Thursday night uh, Brandon's broadcasting there? The, uh, I'm not going to feel bad at all, because... Uh, um, Brandon has family here tonight I don't know if the family is going to be there on Thursday so so I, I don't even know if he has any other commitments on Thursday he probably doesn't but but I, as I said earlier in the show uh, and th- this is Vegas Poker Radio or PodcastVegas.com they're talking about um, I, I'm not it's not like Brandon came to me and, and said hey I've got uh, I've got family here today and I have a vacation next week but uh, you know Hundred percent, I'm going to be the, at the show two weeks from now, and there's absolutely no problem. And uh, and then I find out that that these are like semi excuses, and he's doing the other show on, on Vegas Poker Radio. It's not like that. Uh, as I said, he does have a problem with the way things have happened on the forum recently, uh, and it has made him feel like you know things aren't as fun for him here a, as he hoped they would be. Even though he enjoys the radio, and and that's been a problem. But but at the same time, he does enjoy the radio, and, and you know, and these things have kind of died down. And he, you know, so so as we had a good conversation today, and he's probably going to come back. But that doesn't mean in the meantime I'm going to be insulted if uh, he appears on a podcast on a site that he partially owns. I mean, he, he actually own, partially owns that site and doesn't own this site at all. So if anything, you know, of course he, he would be more loyal to that site anyway because that's one where he has ownership and i I, right. I wouldn't expect anything differently and, and and that site is a friend of this sites anyway there's there's no yes. financial yes. partnership between the two sites but it's it's a friend of this site and uh, so that's fine. as long
2: as he doesn't appear on another radio show tonight I think we're good <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and uh, <laughs> but uh, let's let's see um yeah so you know that that's what it is and i I can understand where he's coming from as i said earlier if 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 you look at what is your motivation for doing a radio show here, and if it's not money, which is definitely not for anybody here, then it has to be because you enjoy it. And if your involvement with a certain site is not enjoyable for you for any reason, then why are you doing it? If, if you don't like it and you're not making money from it, why are you doing it? And and that's actually a conversation I had with Mike on when I was arguing with him last year hey. on the phone hey. after this was all happening. And he was, t- you know, he was coming up with all these different reasons... Why I should uh, stay on dockdown under modified terms, which I won't bother to get into, but ones that were very unacceptable and would make the site unpleasant for me, and uh, why I should do that. And I said to him, why should I do that? What, What you're suggesting to me here will make the site not fun at all for me. I won't enjoy being here. I'm, and was it wasn't
2: like you were making big money. I I was, I'm right? making
1: almost no money here anyway, so why right. why should I do this? It's not like I'm I'm sucking it up and going to a job I hate because I have to support my family. This is something I'm doing as a hobby. If I don't enjoy the hobby I'm doing or if I did enjoy it before but not now, I'm not going to continue. And that's, that's one thing that I've enjoyed of being a professional poker player and working for myself is that anything in life that I don't enjoy doing, I don't have to do. I just say, all right, I don't want to do it. I'm done with it. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking about uh, um, things that are my responsibility now, like taking care of my child or whatever. If, if, if you know, if uh, Benjamin wakes me up from sleeping after three hours, because that's when he wakes up and uh, I have to take care of him, I don't enjoy that, but I know that's part of my responsibility as father. But things I do for recreation, if I don't enjoy, I'm not going to do it. It's that simple. And I don't have a, a job that I have to go to that I don't enjoy because I don't have a job. So, I, I, I mean, said...
2: I, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I'd be the first one to admit that the moment it's zero fun is the moment I'm out of there. But at the same time, when you make a commitment to do something, its I think you have an obligation to see it through at least for a while, even if you get the feeling there's some unfun coming up. You know, you might, might try to just fight through that and, and see what's on the other side before you completely give up. That, that's my only stipulation on this and, and you know that's just for me personally my stake in this is that yes it's fun but also I wanted to see PFA succeed um, you know because of reasons we were talking about earlier so if if it becomes a pain in the ass or it's interfering with my life um, I would certainly think twice about continuing but I'd still want to see it through for a while and see if I couldn't come out the other side and make it work
1: yeah well yeah, everybody has different personalities and uh, um, you know some people walk away sooner than others you know some people walk away too early some walk away at the right time some stay too long and uh you know like on the opposite end of the spectrum um I feel we need
2: uh, Kenny Rogers playing in the
1: background <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum when when Donk Down had some technical problems yesterday and and went to a GoDaddy park page, some people were theorizing that Micon just gave up on the site and, and, uh, and shut it down because it's been kind of dead. And I, I said, there's no way. I said, I know Micon too well and that he is someone who sees things through too long and, and doesn't know when to give up. And, and, you know, he'll let the site be dead for 10 years and not shut it down. Because uh, right. um, he he always is a dreamer and is hoping that uh, no,
2: maybe it is better to get out in the is, beginning, just is, cut your losses and start something fresh.
1: Is, is hoping yeah he's hoping that it's good. So I I think that uh, you know everybody's in the, somewhere on that spectrum of whether they leave early, leave kind of in the middle, or leave too late. And, and of course that's all subjective of what's early, middle, and late. But uh, you know uh and, and someone just asked in the chat to i think Jace is a potential snake in the grass. No, I don't think that at all. I I've had uh Google I've heard it. a
2: few people or seen a few people post that and I don't know where that's yeah, coming from. Yeah, I don't from. know
1: where it's coming from either. I I'm not I don't get that vibe at all. Like with the Templar, what with the scammer thing like people were saying to me I think he's a potential scammer. Yeah, and, early on
2: we were getting and, and, and I was seeing that and, and I, I was
1: I was saying to them y- you might be right but you know do you want to say something? No, 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 don't say anything. So I said, okay, I won't say anything. And you know, everyone's like, oh, we don't have proof yet. We just think that it's possible. And, so like, it was a tough situation because the, the people who came to me with it insisted that I don't say anything, and I didn't want to You know, I it. do
2: have a question about that, and I'm glad you brought it up because as you've established the site to, you know, be a sort of an anti-scam locale, why wouldn't you speak out about this early to prevent people from losing out on the scam? I mean, why wouldn't you warn them? Why stay silent? Is it in an attempt to catch the person in a larger
1: scam? No, it's, it's to respect the people. I, I I don't want to bite the hands that feed me information. And I I never want to have people come to me with information and confidence and then feel sorry that they did it, feel like I burned them uh, for it. Now, if it's something that's, that's going to be so major that if I don't say something, something terrible is going to happen... Then, then of course I have to say I don't care what I promised you. I have to go do it. Like an extreme example, uh, if I got if someone says, okay, you got to promise you won't tell anyone if I tell you this, like I say okay, and then they tell me something that looks like credible information that someone's going to kill someone else. Like that, I couldn't stay silent about that. That I can't say, well, okay, I promise, I look like I get killed. Like certain things, I, I won't stay silent on no matter what, and I'd have to violate the prison's trust at that point. But so
2: you're sort of balancing a fine line between protecting people, but also protecting. Uh, those who feed the information to you.
1: Yes, and, and, and what will happen is if I come forward and say, well, this person told me not to say it, but for the community good I'm saying it, it's going to teach people not to come to me with anything because they're sure. afraid that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go run and report it publicly uh, when, it, when I deem, deem it's fit when they're trying to tell, tell me something that's in private. So um, right. so it's like with Peter D.C. when this happened on, on the previous site, um, when we got this information from this guy who got scammed for 70k. Not through our site, through two plus two, but but uh, his story seemed very credible. Of course, I wanted to run out and post the whole thing, but before he told me anything, he said, "You have to promise me because I think there's still a chance Peter will pay me, uh, but there will be no chance if this gets exposed. It's the only card I have over him right now. You have to promise that if I tell you the story, I'm not gonna, uh, you're not gonna post it. So what was I gonna do? Say yes and then go post it? Like I, I couldn't do right, that. So, right, so, of course. So, but then I had the moral problem with telling people nothing and watching them get scammed. So so I had a, a It's a bit of
2: an issue. I so, mean, so I,
1: I I had a list of people that I knew were in contact with with Peter and that were likely to be scam victims. So I contacted them all privately and I said, "Please don't say this publicly at this time, but just don't give Peter any money for any reason. Be aware that there is someone who's accusing him of scamming but doesn't want to come forward yet, but be, v- be very careful. And I told this to all the people I knew he was talking to, and to my knowledge, except for Brandon, who got scammed through that hotel room, um, nobody got scammed by Peter on our site. As I said, the guy who got scammed had... Uh, the guy who got scammed got scammed through 2 plus 2 and only showed up on our site to report about it. So... I, I was glad that the actions I took may have prevented any scams. And, you know, it's very hard. It's, it's very hard keeping someone's confidence and keeping your promise not to tell anyone because that's the reason a lot of scammers don't get outed is because their victims feel if they out them that they'll never get paid back. And, right. And so, so and there's some truth to that. Yes. And so, so if they – if the scammer then – as it's always been said, scammers love secrets. Scammers want everything to be quiet and, and people know that and that's why they wanted to keep the secret for the scammer and, and use that as a bargaining chip and when someone comes to me and says I want to tell you about how I got scammed but please don't take away my bargaining chip because I've told you, then I'm in a terrible position because I either have to warn everybody and possibly screw this person of getting paid back or and, and hurt him for telling me in the first place or not say anything and have people be new victims that may not have been victims. Either way, I can end up hurting someone. So it's, it's very hard. And uh, and so I always have to try to balance that. And that's why with the Templar, the amount of money that was being scammed was low. The people were telling me that they weren't even sure he had scammed them, but they were starting to see patterns of behavior that looked scammer-like and, uh, and that I should watch out. So, uh, and they all said, don't say anything, don't say anything. So I didn't say anything until the it just... Uh, once once I saw that the Templar was actually running a league on this site and collecting money from it that's when I had to step in and say, okay you know now I have to say something because uh, I can't let him run leagues on here and uh, yeah, and first uh, you know first I of course I, I played nice to try to get him to send me all the money and then then I came out with saying that uh, there's reasonable Suspicion about this, and I think you now it's pretty certain. And again, everybody listening, try to charge back on PayPal if you paid him through PayPal, even if it's been more than 45 days. So.
2: And you know, I wanted just to go on record quickly because um, I know our show is coming to an end soon. I, I've said a few times on here that I would like it if Drexel would develop a bit of a thicker skin, but the bottom line is that I love him on the show. I like the guy as a friend, and I do hope that. Um, that he can work out his differences with the posters that are getting under his skin and stay on the show. I really hope that. I I find uh, when he's on the show, the banter between the three of us is very, it's just fun for me. And I think the show uh, has a lot of energy with him here.
1: Yeah, well, there's no question that the show is better with him here. And that's why, you know, when I was thinking of who to do the show with, and, uh, you know, I was kind of deciding what uh, would be best for Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I, I thought about the shows I'd done with you in the past, which which had gone well and gotten a good reaction, and uh, you know, and what people thought of Brandon and I together on radio on on the uh, other show. And I, thought Brandon
2: he, is generally very well received. People love him, and uh, and I do. I yeah, love him. Yeah, so, so so
1: there's no question. I that just hope
2: you know, I hope it all works out. I wanted to make sure I went on record as saying that because I didn't want anyone to misconstrue my comment about hanging in there a little longer.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's clear yeah. that you want him to stay, and I, I definitely do. And, uh, you know, when he called me in February and it said we should do a radio show together, even despite, you know, the, some problems we had last year uh, on, on regarding the Donk Down situation, I said, he said, you know, I, there's something no denying that, that we do really good radio together and that we should continue doing that. And I said, look, there's no question about that. Like, I, I fully agree that, we go well together on radio, and that uh, it would be nice to do. And, uh, you know, I I expressed some other concerns at the time, but uh, um, ultimately I decided that it, it was the right move to have him on the show, and I, I think he's done a very good job with the show, and he even did something with the show I didn't expect, and uh, positively, and that was, he actually did a lot of research for the show, he didn't just show he up... Did. And, he he didn't did, just he would
2: come in with, you know, half of the uh, agenda.
1: Yes, yeah, so he didn't just show up and, and sound good on the air, but but not bring topics, he actually brought topics as well, which I was very impressed with, and, and right. good topics too, that, that most people like to hear about, so I, I really... Do want him to come back, and I, I think there's a good chance he will. We had a good talk today, and uh, and basically, this is what I ask of the users. And I know this is a long segment, by the way, but it's just like the end of the show segment, so I won't even get bored. You. No, turn we're just babbling. If, yeah, uh, <laughs> <turn it> <laughs> if, if you're bored, off. If
2: you're bored, call. Can they call in now? Do yeah, it? they can call in too. Yeah, a, call in and change the topic.
1: 775 yeah, Fraud fifty five. But you know, I I, I wanted. Uh, I want the users here to understand that even though I'm the only owner here of Poker Fraud Alert, and I I plan to be the only owner on Poker Fraud Alert ever, uh, I'd like people to respect the radio co-hosts here, almost like they were administrators here, even though they won't have any power over you, and they won't be able to see any of your information or anything like that. But just respect them because... The, the radio hosts are a big part of this site and they're, they're volunteering their time basically for nothing unless the site makes a lot of money and uh, I'll give them a piece of it but it hasn't made any money yet. So uh, when they're doing this and, and devoting hours of their time every week to come on here week after week after week you know, adjusting their plans to it in vowels case not getting as much sleep as they probably otherwise would
2: can you, can you tell I'm sleepy?
1: No, no, just just I know you have to be up early. And, and, uh, no,
2: it, and it, I, do, I want to apologize. I've been sort of low energy throughout this show. I have not had a lot of sleep uh, in the past couple of days, so I'll try to be more uh, upbeat and uh, bubbly the next time.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> No, no, you're I fine. I did drink
2: a big cup of coffee right before the show, but it didn't do anything. So. No, no,
1: no, no, that's fine. I, I didn't even know you were tired, to be honest. You didn't notice? No, oh, no, good. I didn't. Okay. But but you know, what what I'm I'm saying here is. Uh, even if you think you can find things to irritate Brandon in the forum, and he's not even much of a forum poster. He posts every so often in the forum. He's never been much of a forum guy. But even if you think you can find things to irritate him or get under his skin or post inappropriate things to get a rise out of him, don't do it. Even if you don't like him, don't do it. Just that, if, if you respect me at all, don't do it. Because it just creates hassle for this show. It, it, I don't want the site, the forum part of the site, to make Brandon unhappy and but I
2: think it's not our guys for the most part. It's outsiders coming well, in. Well, it's
1: outsiders but then people repost it over here and, and I think that's the bigger problem. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. Like, like just, uh, you don't have to kiss his ass. I'm just saying, just show respect for uh, for Brandon and show respect for, for Vowels because they're they they they're doing something voluntarily on this site. They're not gaining from it. They're not owners here. And they're not administrators here. But But just show respect for them here even if you don't like yeah, even if you don't like us, and, 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 and that's that's kind of what I ask of the people on the site about me too. Like I, that's, that's like nice. That's I, I don't nice. mind people criticizing me or arguing with me or or even you know making fun of me sometimes. But like I, I I'll be honest. I don't want people who are just going to be here to troll me constantly on my own site. That's that's not why I have the site up. And uh, you know, I, in general, I've been trying to cut down the trolling on the site towards anyone. But I, I don't want to put all this effort into running a site and having someone. Um, Persistently trolling me all the time here—that'd be someone I just don't want here. Why? Because I I own the site, I run it, I put time and effort into it, and that's not what I want to see here. And it's my right to boot them. And uh, um, that's not to say you have to kiss my ass or like me or or never criticize me. It's just you know, if if your only purpose here is to hassle me, if your only purpose here is to make the site worse, uh, then I don't want you here. But so the kind of the same thing with with the co-host. Just just don't you're welcome to criticize them. You're welcome to give your opinion. If you if you don't like one of the one or both of them on radio you can say so all you want and give your opinions and uh, I see no problem with that and I don't think they see a problem with that. I'm saying just just don't just keep in mind that they're an important part of the site and and if you're posting something just to be obnoxious just to, to get the fun out of riling them up or, or making them look bad. Please just please don't. Even if you don't like them, please don't, just for this site's sake. That, that's what I'm asking of the users here. So.
2: Well, that sounds fair, and, um, you know, as, as I've always said, there are some people whose primary function is to troll, but they're genuinely funny. Um <laughs> those type of people, I think uh, it's it's a judgment call. I think we have a couple of them now that come to PFA, and they may not be as funny as they used to be. <laughs> but um, just try to mix it up a little. You know, if you're going to throw around some insults to make people laugh, uh, try to uh, plant some sunflowers, as one of our users had posted, yeah. while, I'll, I'll while you you're, you're planting weeds.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what I just like, what I don't want to see on this site, and this is in general, not just about Brandon or... Uh, but but in general, what I don't want to see on this site, and what I unfortunately saw last week while I was gone, because I was able to kind of lurk when I was gone, but really not do much more because my internet was so terrible. But uh, And I also didn't have much time. But uh, I saw a lot of things where a thread would be started about a good discussion topic, and then somewhere in the middle, or somewhere early on, someone would post a nasty comment to someone who's posting just a harmless message in the thread, just because they don't like that person. And then that person responds. And then they fight back and forth. And the next five pages is just those two people fighting, plus other people joining in on either side. And then the whole topic gets derailed. And 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 the the whole thread turns to crap. And I saw so many threads go that way. And I said, I don't want to have a site like this where, where, where discussions can't take place without it degenerating into fighting in every thread like that's not what I want this site to be e- even if if some people think it's funny to watch it, it it gets very old and that's not what I, I want to see here I,
2: I mean it's only funny for a couple of posts and then it gets old very quickly yeah
1: so 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 i I, I don't want all this and that's why you know I, I'm starting to move those type of posts out of those threads or even delete ones that are just there to disrupt things and I, I don't want to censor things here I, I just don't want uh, I would like the site to have Legitimate discussion and, and topics people can post without worry that uh, it's going to be derailed or ruined by someone who doesn't like them, or derailed or ruined by someone who doesn't like someone else in the thread. So, so that's uh, that's what I am. Th- that's that's what I'm about here, and, and that's why that's that's my vision for the site, and, and I want people to always express themselves and never feel they have to kiss ass to anyone, including me. And, I want them and you'll order.
2: move those type of posts over to a place where they can argue back and forth incessantly to their heart's content.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times that's what yeah. I do is I just start, I just start a new thread a yeah, yeah. where they can fight the I mean, that, that's, and take, to me, that's, that's the, the best way. Left. It's not
2: really censorship. You're just uh, you're, you're creating little boxes and, and forcing people to stay in their box but they can still argue and insult each other.
1: Yeah, and see, now there's As already, long as they uh, don't post um, well, the, thing is while the while swinging saying, badger cock. While I'm saying this, there's actually now trolling going on in the chat room. <laughs>
2: I see that. Well, there's a big argument going on in the chat room as to whether or not Jacep is a snake in the grass. And I don't... Know if we want to deal with that on this show, but we can certainly <laughs> take it up on the next. No, there's show. no, there's I nothing to
1: talk it. about. He's not a snake in the grass. I mean, this is. A, it,
2: I don't know. I mean, you
1: you, you you never know for sure with anyone, not even me, until you know. He seems in, like a good guy. In, until a whole lot of time passes and 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 nothing bad happens, but but. Uh, I, I've never gotten the snake-in-the-grass vibe from him, and I, I think a lot of people... I think there's there's certain people on the site who unnecessarily troll j and I never really understood the reason for it. I, and I, I'm honest here. I, I just don't understand why certain people uh, have decided they want to hassle j And there's even people who, who who are still on this whole thing about how uh, he started his site to be a snake-in-the-grass and steal this site's traffic, and I never felt that for a second. If I thought that f- was true... Uh, I would have taken action about this a long time ago, but I never got that vibe, and I still don't have it. And there's a, there's a lot of people who are, who, who are doing this uh, for reasons unknown, even if they don't like him. I mean, I, there's some people just are, uh, some people who are just going off on him. For Maybe no it's some sort
2: of irrational devotion to PFA, and they think that if anybody else starts up uh, what could be perceived as a competing site, that they're not to be trusted.
1: Yeah, it's it's foolish. So there's there's no uh,
2: there's room for a, a, a few sites. There's, I would say and there's, there's not extra. even.
1: Believe me, there's not any kind of. Uh, everything's been done in a very friendly and respectful manner. I I'm not the only one who has a right to start their own site on the internet or from this community. There's nothing magical <laughs> about me where I get to run the site for people from this community. And nobody else does. That's that's BS. It's anyone can start their own site. And and my attitude is as long as people. Treat this site respectfully when they site start their sites. Uh, that's fine. Then I'll treat them and their site respectfully. The only ones I won't treat respectfully are ones that try to hurt the site by starting a new site. But I have not gotten this vibe at all from JSEP the entire time, and, and I'm good at, at seeing this uh, this sort of thing. And I, I, I never even for a second thought that this is uh, some kind of sneaky attempt to ruin this site and. and it's uh, people are just doing this either because they're paranoid, or they just like causing trouble, or they just have some personal problem with Jason and want to uh, be nasty about it. So I, I don't know why that's going on, but uh, um, and people are saying he should call in. I don't see a reason for him. To, he can call in if he wants, but I, I, there's nothing for him to defend here. I, it, it actually kind of annoys me when there's things that are brought up, not just about Jason, but about just ridiculous accusations are brought up with with nothing behind them. To try to make someone look bad, and, and, and there's it, really no we've evidence tried to it. Quite a bit of that lately. Yeah, yeah. and I it just I hate that because I, I I like when people who deserve it are called out. Because it, it, in poker, there's a lot more people that aren't called out for doing shady things that should be than than people who are wrongfully called out. So this gives people the impression that every time someone's called out for something, it's probably true. But uh, unfortunately, we've had a little bit of people who were calling others out for. Uh, things that they didn't do or aren't doing and uh, I think they're just doing it to create drama but you know, please keep this sort of thing away from this site. I, I want this site to be a place where people bring out legitimate things legitimate like, drama. like like the things I've talked about on the show here. The 888.com mm-hmm. thing thats a legitimate story. That's something that looks like 888.com is screwing its players. Uh, the Matt Marafiati and uh, um, Samar Rahman and uh, Mohammed... Uh, or how do you say his name? Uh, those guys mm-hmm. with, with with the uh, the Swedish banditos and the and the Trojan horses cheating at poker. I mean, that's a big story, and that deserves to be discussed here. But not not the stupidity about uh, about Jacep. So, all
2: right. Well, I would just like to congratulate. Uh, Yoshi, who seems to have won the free roll tonight.
1: Oh, very good. Yoshi's an old school user. And, uh, you know, Yoshi, just go ahead and PM me your PayPal information or however else you want to get the money. And uh, second and third place, do the same thing. And uh, we will have another $50 free roll next week. And as far as the Ken Scaler game, uh, we'll have it next week. And we're going to run ten of these Ken Scaler games. It's been prepaid. I've received $100 from an anonymous party. And we're going to run 10 can Scalar games, so I'm not going to roll the prize, I'm just going to run 10 of them, and if they're not 10 consecutive weeks, that's fine, but there will be 10 of these. We've done one so far, and uh, we'll do it till it runs out, and I appreciate that. I appreciate all the free money people have given to distribute out to this community. I actually was thinking about it today, that there's <laughs> been a lot of money that's been given, or you know, between the money that's actually been given and the money that's been won and given back,
2: I've been very impressed with the generosity of uh, the PFA users uh, really it's uh, been an outpouring so it's it's impressive and thank you to everybody who's contributed really
0: yeah
1: so so it's uh, so that's that's very nice that people do this and very nice that uh, you know people like this community so much that they actually sometimes give prizes back or just donate money in the first place or want to give back because they enjoy this show or this forum, and uh, they say, hey, you know, instead of just giving it to me, they they give it to the people who are here, the people in the forum, so they can get, uh, they can actually play for something and win some money while they're participating here. So that's that's great, and that's why I think that's... uh, I think that's a very good sign for the community in general and and I really like this community in general and that's why I I hate to see things like what happened over the last week with the forum, with with some of the trolling because I I don't want to see that thing tear apart this community which I I think is is very good and uh, and is a a good group of people. So anyway, I guess uh, guess anything else you would like to discuss here tonight or are, are we done?
2: I, I'm ready to abridge any more discussion for the next show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
1: we it's for, a while, for me, but, uh, so. that That's right. So uh, I, I guess we're done. And you know what? Hopefully next week we will have three hosts again. Hopefully the third host will be Brandon. You know what? If it's not... If it's uh, not, it
2: needs to at least be a Jew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, One Step Ahead offered to be a host on this show...
2: A non-Jew
1: co-host? No, actually, he is a Jew.
2: Oh, well, then he's in.
1: (laughs) I I guess he qualifies, but, you know, it's funny because I've heard past shows One Step is Done. I think he did one with Michael a while back, and he was actually surprisingly good, but there's been other times he comes on and just laughs and giggles and has nothing to say. And I don't want that here. Sometimes he seems tongue-tied. We can't have someone tongue-tied here because we do a lot of talking. So I think if one sim could prove in some way that he can have a coherent conversation for a substantial period of time and not just drop one line. It might depend
2: on how much uh, alcohol he's ingested.
1: Maybe, maybe that's the factor. And, uh, you know, as far as Judonk's concerned, for those of you who are Judonk on this show... I'm actually willing to give Judok a voice on this show, but again, my requirement is he cannot be drunk, and he cannot be high on any kind of drugs when he calls in. And I can tell very quickly. So, if he calls in and acts rationally, and sounds normal, or at least normal by his standards, I will give him a voice here. Not a very long voice, but I'll let him say what he wants to say, even if it's negative. But only if he's sober. He's not sober, he's not coming on here. The reason is, when he's not sober, it's impossible to talk with him. He just screams and chows and interrupts you, and you can't have a conversation. It's a monologue, and I don't want that here. The only monologue here should be for me. (laughs)
3: Okay.
1: Anyway, uh, we will be back next week in uh, August 21st, 7 something p.m
2: i like to say seven fifteen that yeah. we were
1: saying. Well at least today I tweeted seven fifteen. I knew it was gonna be on time. But uh, thank you everybody for listening. We will be back next week. Maybe Drex will be here, maybe he won't. I hope he is. If not, maybe two weeks he'll be back. But the show will go on no matter what. So thank you for listening. Next week fifty dollar free roll again.
3: Hopefully can't scale her. Good night and Shalom. Shalom.